Yo, what's good, you two? Welcome back to another episode of the Shooter Straight Podcast. It's episode 28. I'm your co-host, Zach. I'm your co-host, G. And welcome back. First and foremost, thanks, everyone, for all the previous support we've been getting on all of our other previous episodes. Man, we appreciate the support. Y'all been running it up with the likes, the comments, the support on our reels, on our YouTube shorts, everything. We appreciate all the support, and we're going to continue to run it up. Yeah, we appreciate every every single comment, every single interaction we get we see it all and we want to see more we got yeah. down there in the description we have all the links to every the instagram the twitter to the tiktok everything we just want to get more connected to you guys exactly and while you're down there checking out our social medias hit the subscribe button because we're on the road to 1000 subscribers we're currently at 328 we appreciate all the support we're gonna continue to run it up absolutely g you ready to get into it ain't no point of wasting time exactly like always, man, let's just get straight into it with the NFL. We're going to kick it off with our NFL pick em. Let's just get straight into it. You ready? Yes, sir. NFL, week 11 picks. Let's go. Let's go. Titans versus Packers. I got the Packers. I got the Titans. Bears versus Falcons. I got the Bears. I got the Bears. Eagles versus Colts. I got the Eagles. I got the Eagles. Jets versus Patriots. I got the Patriots. I got the Jets. Commanders versus Texans. I got the Commanders. I got the Commanders. Rams versus Saints. I got the Rams. I have the Rams. Browns versus Bills. Got to take the Bills. Give me the Bills. Panthers versus Ravens. I got the Ravens. I got the Ravens too. Lions versus Giants. I got the Giants. Giants. Raiders versus Broncos. <laughs> I got the Broncos. <laughs> I got the Broncos too. Cowboys versus Vikings. That's going to be a good one. I got the Vikings. I got the Cowboys. Bengals versus Steelers. I got the Bengals. I got the Bengals. Chiefs versus Chargers. I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. 49ers versus Cardinals. I got the 49ers. I got the 49ers as well. Some interesting picks there. We're going to get yeah, into look, a couple. We... Yeah. We're going to get into a couple yeah. of those games in depth in a little bit here. But. Without further ado, you know, let's just get straight into a little bit of a recap of some of the amazing things we saw last week in po- the NFL. Possibly get game of the year that we that we. I, I, I think it's game. Bear I think I, as of as of right now, it's definitely game of the year. I mean, I can't think. Of I doubt that anything beats this. it. I doubt. No, yeah. I highly doubt it. I mean, in terms of the craziness that went on, everything. Let's actually announce what we're talking about here: <laughs> the Bills versus Vikings. If you didn't know, potentially the game of the year. I'm going to hand this off to you first, G. I want to get your thoughts and just initial reaction on this game. It was it was interesting. Obviously, going into the game, I, I had the Bills going, going into it, even though the Vikings have looked impressive. But I thought, you know, running into this would be – I think this was their hardest test. And, you know, they, they've just continued to prove to everybody what they are. They're like – they're the comeback kids. That this is what they're known for. They've they're they go behind in games, which is obviously you know not the best thing, but they they show the grit to always come back from. It. Even though they're they're not a very high rated defensive team at all, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're not the greatest offensive. They, they they just find a way to claw back and to come back and to always come back to win. And you know, I think it makes it a lot easier when you arguably have the best wide receiver in the game as yeah. in Justin Jefferson, where Most definitely. you know you could you could have somebody as average as Kirk Cousins, and you know w- with that guy out there, you can just throw it to him. You know, 
it's like you know you just throw the ball up there and he's he's out there somewhere he'll catch it yeah and that's well, just, we, saw, we saw that yeah <laughs> and uh you know it, it was a bit disappointing for the the bills because um they this is kind of almost the they've been going through some rough rough patches of that they're they're giving up these leads and you know that there's it's putting people to question josh allen yeah yeah I, we're gonna get into josh allen too i'm or at least i'm gonna get into him specifically here in a little bit here but before i get on to josh allen i just want to give a little bit give the vikings their flowers because yeah. you know like you mentioned they've been the comeback kids and obviously that's not necessarily what you want to hang your hat on and being a comeback yeah. team and all of that it's yeah. not what you want you don't want to be losing games and going down at, at halftime and things of that nature but to be able to be eight and one it speaks volumes about this team. You know, I don't think, I think I expected the Vikings to be a good team this year. I didn't think they were going to be this good. Some of the no, most impressive I, things. I don't think about, anybody expected them to be this good. No, especially, I mean, to be eight and one. I mean, I mean, who would have thought, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things for the Vikings. They're five and one in games that they trailed in the fourth quarter. That's just a remarkable stat. Yeah. Also seven and zero oh in one score games this season. The last team to be able to go on a seven-game unbeaten streak in one-score games in a single season, the 2009 Colts, who made the Super Bowl. They eventually lost, but they made the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying the Vikings are going to the Super Bowl now all of a sudden, mm -hmm. but what I will say is that this shows the character of this team. It shows the grit, the determination, and just the quality that they have on both sides of the ball. They might not be the Absolutely. best defensive team in the world, but they do enough to get you in the positions where you need to be. Patrick Peterson had an amazing game, obviously the game-stealing interception. He did what he had to do, and that Vikings defense in the second half of that game, they they did their thing. You know, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, people look at the score and they gave up thirty points, and you know, it's it's against the Bills, so you can cut them a little bit of slack. But if you really analyze it, that uh, Vikings defense really did their thing in the in the second half, so you could tell that they made some adjustments and it worked. Absolutely, yeah. It it's just I I don't really understand how the bills are letting these games get away from them. You know, I, I'm still like, um, I wouldn't go as far to say that, you know, I'm backing down from picking them to go to the Super Bowl, but this is st some stuff that's a little concerning. If you're a bills, if you're a bills fan, this yeah, is no, something to sure. be definitely concerned about. Yeah. I think, um, the bills, obviously they definitely have some concerns for me personally. I, I just want to touch on the, you know, we just have seen, you know, the Vikings, obviously they're eight and one, but going forward for the Vikings, you know, their upcoming schedule, they play the Cowboys this week, which, you know, we'll get into in mm -hmm. a little bit here. Patriots, Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers, and Bears. That's a favorable schedule. You know, it's looking as it, if yeah. they, they could really, I'm not going to say run the table, but I'm saying they might only lose potentially one to two games out of that stretch. You know, they're going to be looking really good come playoff time. I think at, at bare minimum, they're going to be a number two seed. They could be pushing for the number one yeah. seed, depending on how the Eagles finish out. And they're going to be fighting for home field advantage and, you know, the bye week. And if they could, if they're able to get that, you know, they might just be the team that comes out of the NFC come uh, February for the Super Bowl. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But I, whoa, 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 what, what? No, I, I was just going to say that I would say that would be their ceiling. Like, I I wouldn't say they're like um, going to make the Super Bowl, like you said, but I yeah. think there's a good chance that you know they could get to the the you know get past you know game. the first round, yeah, NFC Championship game. Yeah, I I could see that. I think it's one of those things, you know, the NFC and I, I re, uh, reiterated this before. The NFC seems to me as wide open as uh, a conference has ever been. 
mm-hmm. literally you know you got like the bucks in there you got the seahawks you got the giants the 49ers the eagles but there's no clear cut like this team is above and beyond far everybody else it, it looks as if it, it's really going to come down to just who gets hot at the right time and that also ultimately that's kind of how the playoffs work who is playing the best football at that moment and you know we're going to get into them in a little bit it might end up being the bucks you know they, they've turned the corner potentially <laughs> yeah 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 but I want to go ahead and just give Justin Jefferson his flowers for this game because what a performance yeah. it was. Ten receptions. This was the Justin Jefferson Memorial game. Oh no, this, it was. He was deserves like, a statue. Yeah. You get, get it. Put the statue outside the, <laughs> at the outside the stadium. Yeah, and I did want to ask you about this because when we first saw you know the the catch in question, you texted me and told me that it was the greatest catch you have ever seen. Oh no, it is. Now now that I get, yeah now that you've had a couple of days, do you still believe that? It's better than the Odell catch. It is, I think it's the greatest catch I've ever seen. And one of the reasons why I think that greatest is because of the, the the scenario that it was in. Obviously, but okay. we all know the catch itself is an amazing catch. To be, have all those defenders around him in that moment, fourth and 18, game on the line, to make that play and keep them in the game, That that's it. Like, if, if he doesn't make that catch, which realistically in, in triple coverage nobody really is expecting him to make that catch if he doesn't make that catch the bills get the win you know everyone moves on but he makes mm-hmm. the, the the greatest catch of all time it's just what it is it's <laughs> it's it's the scenario that the catch was made in plus the fact that it was just an all-time great catch with even without the scenario the thing about yeah. odell's catch is it was it was not meaningless but it was it was just it was just a catch it was in like the second quarter or something you know it, was, it made it yeah, seven yeah. to three this is game on the line, and that's why for me it's got to be up there, if not the one. Okay, yeah, I, I, I definitely, like, I wrote down those points exactly what you said. But when I, when I cut it up into how I perceive it as like what's purely the greatest catch, like I take into the scenario just the difficulty of everything. I get that that Justin Jefferson's catch was incredible. It was diff- uh, It was very like, um, yeah, it was spectacular. <laughs> we watched it. It's, uh, like, it's on fourth. <laughs> If if Justin Jefferson does not make this catch, the game is over. It's done. It is. It's over. They're, 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 they're losing the ball, and I think the Bills are going to be as poised enough to pull that game out. Odell's catch came in a loss. So that I mean it kind of gets lost, and you know, everybody remembers the catch, but no one remembers the, you know, who won the game. No, exactly. But, Nobody remembers that. But I think the fact that it was a fully solo, because I I think you can't you can't deny of that uh uh, hold on. I, I wrote down his name. I gotta see. Cam Cam Lewis did have a play in making that catch because Justin Jeff without Cam Lewis's hand there, yeah, you can, he's yeah. not he's not controlling the ball all the way yeah. down. Because I think for how the game was going, Kirk Cousins already had thrown two interceptions. Yeah. What in in hindsight, Cam Lewis should have just punted the ball away. He should have just thrown a fist at it, get it, out, got of it out of there. But the fact that Kirk Cousin ha- had two pretty ugly uh, turnovers already. He, he's thinking, I could catch this ball, and this game could be over. So he he yeah. goes for the catch, and unfortunately, it kind of assists Justin Jefferson yeah, in controlling the ball down. And I'm looking at uh, still purely as a catch, and the fact that Odell was still interfered with. Like, you know, there was, there was pass interference on, on defense to the catch, and he still was able to control it by, like fully by himself you know i still think that's the greatest catch ever but justin jefferson <laughs> could definitely 
he's definitely gonna have a lot more greater no. catches. You know? and, and that's what I wanted to say. It's it seems as if you know for many many years to come, you know, he's gonna have other candidates for this uh this award almost per se. <laughs> he's gonna you know, have, yeah. this is just the beginning. And yeah. you know, just speaking of just the beginning, I mean, this particular game, ten receptions, one hundred and ninety three yards, and a touchdown. So far this season, 69 receptions, 1,060 yards, 15.4 yards per reception, four touchdowns. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. This was Justin Jefferson's 20th career game with 100-plus receiving yards and seven with at least 150, both of which set records for a player in their first three seasons. And Justin Jefferson officially joins Randy Moss and Odell as the only three players in NFL history with 4K, uh, 4K yards in his first three seasons. This guy is going to be so, so dominant for years to come. I mean, the Vikings, they truly, truly have got themselves one. And if he didn't already, if no, if it, if everyone didn't already know who Justin Jefferson was, he's you him. To, yeah, you, you, he's you him. Think, yeah. Just quite yeah. simply, it's Justin Jefferson and then everybody else. That's if, just what if, it is. If you don't, like, the, the, I was watching the game as well. The fact that they were putting, you know, like, they're only running, almost basically running him one-on-one, that's disrespectful. Oh, yeah, that, no. You... If you're not running at the minimum a double team on just especially in key points, like the fact that it's fourth, I would be putting five fucking people. You on know who Kirk Cousins is you, throwing the ball to on who else money is down, Kirk Cousins game on the line. Game on the line. Who else is Kirk Cousins throwing to than Justin Jefferson? It just Justin doesn't make Jefferson. sense, you know? If he didn't throw to Justin Jefferson with game on the line, I would be calling out Kirk Cousins right now. You know? <laughs> That's just the fact that it matters. Yeah. You you throw it to your your guy. When, you, when the game is on the line. That's what Kirk Cousins did. To be fair, Kirk Cousins, even with the mistakes he had made in the game, he didn't care about you know his his stats in the game or yeah, anything like yeah. that. And he just he just said, I'm trusting my guy, Justin Jefferson, and that's it. And and he did, I'm, and it worked. It worked, yeah. You know, the Vikings, and, you know, they're doing amazing, but you know, and you spoke to it a little bit. I don't know what you were about to say, but I'm you know just gonna say that Kirk Cousins, you know, he's doing all right, you know, I mean, yeah, 64.1 yeah. completion percentage, 2,356 yards, 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's doing all right. He's doing what he needs to do to get them to an eight and one record. Obviously, you know, let's give Kirk his flowers, you know, to a certain extent as well. As far as, you know, he was your dark horse MVP, you know, it's, hey, not, it's not looking so bad. It's not, it's, it's really not, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, eight and one record. <laughs> And it's not oh, like God. they're winning in spite of him, you know, because there's some there's some there's been some times throughout history when you could say this team is winning in spite of their quarterback play. And there have been some moments when, you know, Kirk makes Kirk plays. But at the end of the day, he's that doing what he needs to do. My God. That no, was yeah, there was there was some bad ones, you know, and, and that's what yeah. you're going to get out of Kirk Cousins at the end of the day. You're going to expect some mistakes. But in the second half of that game, it was it was what we needed from him. It's what they needed. Okay. And you know, we're we're talking about the Vikings. I know you had a lot to say about the Bills. Oh yeah. And so I want I wanted to ask this question too. Do you think the Bills are overrated? Look, the fact of the matter is the Bills are overrated. By definition oh. of the word, the Bills are overrated. The Bills are supposed to be above and beyond everybody else in the AFC. They're supposed to be better than the Chiefs, better than the Dolphins. They're supposed to be those that team. And the fact of the matter is, as of right now, they are not that team. And you can blame injuries in the secondary. You can blame whatever you want to blame. The fact of the matter is, they are third place in the AFC East as things stand. 
and they're supposed to be the best team in the NFL? Then they're the third place in the AFC East right now. I'm look, and and that's not even me getting into the fact that Josh Allen himself is overrated, you know. But okay. I can get into that. But if you're just talking okay. about just the Bills, the Bills are overrated. We'll, we'll get, by, it, we'll by get def- into the, we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, pr- by definition of, by definition of overrated, they are overrated. Does this mean that I think the Bills are bad? Does this mean I think the Bills are done? No. But by definition of overrated, they are overrated because they're supposed to be above and beyond everybody else, and quite simply, they are not. So, so what you you saying they're overrated? Would you say they're not Super Bowl contenders anymore? They're Super Bowl contenders, but that's it. They're contenders, you know. And, but, I, but I think and it's not like they're. Fu- I think that's what they've been to me. That they're, they're they've been like Super Bowl uh, in, in a way. Super Bowl contenders this entire but they're, year. No, but they're they're the favorite. There's a difference between being a contender and a favorite. Favorite. Means that if the Super Bowl is played, they they are gonna win the Super Bowl. A favorite, they are expected to win the Super Bowl, not just be in contention. There's a lot of teams that are in contention. The Chiefs, the Dolphins, you know. There's a lot of teams in contention. We don't know exactly who's gonna pull it out. They've fallen down from the favorite to contender, and that's the difference for me. And that's why they're overrated mm-hmm. because everybody, and I mean everybody, has been saying for the whole season, it's it's Josh Allen and the Bills and everybody else. They've fallen down. And, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's not ready to go that far, but they are overrated by definition. It's just a fact. I, I, can, I can somewhat agree with what you're saying, but I, I think in, in the way I, I see it, I can't call a team overrated if they're still in, in high contention. We're, talk, we're talking about their – this is still, I think, uh, they're, in a, they're in a phase where I think this is the first year that everybody's like, Said it's the Bills. Yeah, it's, it's I can agree with Bills. that. It's definitely it's the favorite. first year. This is the first year of it, but and it is a I year. think I think this this is something that they're still learning as we as we're going to get into later about Josh Allen because this this team it can't it can't be mis, mis uh, misunderstood that it is Josh Allen or bust. This team goes as Josh Allen goes, and that mm-hmm. could be a good thing, and that could and also a bad be a bad thing. thing. Mm-hmm. But as far as if they're overrated. It de- it depends, you know, like uh, you know, de- depending on what group you really talk to. But I would not throw them into, you know, overrated just yet. Mm-hmm. That's my that's that, that's where I stand on that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting. I can understand, you know, your reasoning because at the end of the day, it's it's weird to call a Super Bowl contender that, and I'm still saying they're still a contender, overrated. But for me, you know, and, and this is just what everyone else was making it out to be that they were above and beyond the favorite. And and you you picked them, yeah. I, I, so that, so I'm I mean, in the Super Bowl. So it's, it's everyone expects them, and expected them to be in the Super Bowl. I wish I still do. It, it, exactly. So anything less than that is a is not only a failure, but that as it stands right now, if they're if they are taking a step back, that's overrated. You know, like some people, are, and you know, they're still going to say that they are the the favorite to win the Super Bowl, whatever. But based on what I've been seeing these last couple of weeks, I don't think you can call them the clear runaway favorite. Like it's the Bills or bust. There, yeah. there is there I, is a I, lot I would, of teams. I would agree with that. The, the the gap is closer than we thought. That that and that's just what it is. It is not just the Bills and then everybody else. It's the Bills with the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and a couple other teams. That it, it it it's 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 tightening. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this would also a segue into. You 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 mentioned that you thought Josh Allen was overrated. Overrated. Oh man. Why? Why would you think something that stupid? 
Josh, look, 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 look. look I just want to say this. Josh Allen, similar to the Bills, you know, they were the Super Bowl favorites. Josh Allen is the, what was, not anymore, the MVP favorite for the whole season. Everyone was saying, it's Josh Allen. It's his award to lose. He's going to be that guy. Tell me if this is MVP worthy for you. Leading the NFL with 10 interceptions. Is that MVP worthy? He's, he has more interceptions than Davis Mills and Matt Ryan. He's 2-8 and eight in one-score games over the last two seasons. Three touchdowns, six interceptions in his last three games alone. The Bills, as an overall offense, they rank 17th in the NFL in scoring touchdowns in the red zone at 53.85%. That is not getting it done. He's 0-4 in overtime games throughout his whole career, including two in the playoffs. 35 interceptions since 2020. I mean, look, at the end of the day, and this one is the most appalling, only two times in the last 10 years has one player lost a fumble on his own one-yard line, and both of them are Josh Allen. This guy is setting records, but in the wrong way. This guy is so overrated. It's arm strength or bust. It's, oh, my God, he's all, he's like a linebacker playing quarterback, and he can run over you. Oh, yeah, he's so cool. When it comes down to it, he is not the most effective quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is better than Josh Allen. He always has been. He always will be. Tua, at the very moment, is playing better than Josh Allen. He is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Give me Tua. Uh, I go by uh, okay. Give me Patrick okay. Okay, okay. Don't Josh Allen is overrated. Don't get carried. Don't I'm not don't getting you carried away. Dare I'm get not getting carried away. away. Okay. okay. So are 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 you are you willing to say full out straight up Josh Allen's not gonna make the Pro Bowl at all for this year? He's not making it. You're taking you're taking Lamar Jackson. Obviously, I can give you two is having a better season right now. So Tua and Patrick Mahomes. So are you gonna take Joe Burrow or Lamar over over Josh Allen right now? Am I taking I'm taking Lamar for sure. And Joe Burrow, honestly, bro, I'm taking Lamar. Joe Burrow, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Josh Allen over Joe Burrow. Just because, uh, you know, it's close. But, but I, well, I'll lean Josh Allen. But Lamar, Lamar is being held back by a situation. That's a whole other topic. I mean, if Lamar, you give Lamar the Buffalo team? Oh, my God. That, that not now we're just playing hearsay. That's at the end of the day, that's hearsay. That's not the reality of what this is. But uh, obviously, Josh Allen is okay. So, but well, I guess to you, he's not, he's not a top five quarterback. Then is he, at this, is he not top at, five at the, at this very moment? Like based on what's how he's playing it right now. Overall, if we're talking about potential and we're talking about everything, talent. He is, but based on how he's playing right now at this very moment, he's in a slump. He is not a top five quarterback at this very moment. Now that could change because because he could go on a tear from here on in and fix up his play and become the and be the Josh Allen we saw at the beginning of the season. But I'm going to point out the facts that as of right now, these last couple of weeks, he's been the reason this team has been losing games. He he cost him the Jets game. He cost him this game against the Vikings. That that he's being he's the reason they're losing. I to uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and deny that he's he's been playing poor, but what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have this revisionist history of that the fact that this this kind of looks similar to what was happening to a little bit of what Patrick Mahomes had last season. You remember the, those stretches of games where Patrick Mahomes had seven interceptions in ten games. That's not normal Patrick Mahomes, and 
I feel I like remember. this is a similar this is a similar conversation we could have had last year. So, oh, maybe Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, I I, rem- I remember the headlines that people were like, maybe the league has just figured out Patrick Mahomes. I maybe remember that he that he's trying to outdo. He's trying to out highlight. He wants to be on ESPN highlights all the time. This is this is stuff people jump to, and I think Josh Allen is still with, without a doubt top three, top three quarterback in this league. At, but he's still a young quarterback. He's twenty six. You're talking. You're acting like he's like thirty. He's thirty three. He's already yeah, stuck in his. I'm not way. acting like that. You no, know, you, you're you're acting like this. This is stuff that he can't fix within due time. This, this we've been talking about. Fix, oh you know? my, we've been talking about fixing. This is something Josh he Allen's... can fix. Oh look. This, this is oh the same thing we said about Patrick Mahomes that oh would would he change? Look, Josh Allen is twenty six. I think I, I I take him as a smart guy. I think he's a pretty smart guy. He's going to fix these are things that are fixable. These are very fixable things of just Josh Allen. Josh Allen's decision making, his IQ can get lower. But I saw this thread going around that that I kind of agreed with that oh I think Josh Allen is our modern day Brett Favre. It could be to a point to where that. Brett Favre, all-time great, but he was known for being all-time reckless. Yeah, Sometimes 100%. He, he did. But he, but he did a lot of things. The okay, difference cool. between the, the difference between the two, and, and I'm not saying this won't change. Brett Favre, and you know, he has championships to, to back it up. Mm-hmm. Playoff yeah, success. I, yes. Josh Allen has the exact opposite of playoff success. He's still well, that's what I'm saying. Patrick He's Mahomes owns him. Patrick Mahomes owns Josh Allen. It's just the facts. And and it will to remain coin, to be to a like coin that. Flip. To a coin hey, flip. he owns him until well, they until, they had to change the rule just for Josh Allen so he can get he can get his shot. Well, that, hey, he had it. He had a shot against Minnesota, right? I'm, you know. He's still a young quarterback. He's learning. I I'm going to give the fact that he that he still these are things he can change. I'm not completely writing it off, but I it's pretty comparable to the fact that I think I I did agree with how how he's being compared to Brett Favre and that you know maybe his recklessness plays a lot into him his greatness. But I do think that's something that's something he will fix in time. And I think you know maybe he'll learn just to have a little bit of higher IQ, not try to throw it through two Vikings defenders forcing it to Gabe Davis in the red zone. Because yeah, a lot of but, stuff he's doing is like cardinal sins. You can't turn it over in the red zone. That's, and, and, and not only just turning it over, but they're ineffective. Even when they don't turn and, it over, they don't score enough touchdowns. But you do you do have to the, – the Bills only get to that situation. They only get to the situation in the red zone because of Josh Allen. Josh Allen leads them in rushing. He le- oh, He's yeah. 24 touchdowns of their 28. This team is, is like I said, led by Josh Allen. 100%. Weirdly enough, they, they get to the positions to almost win because of Josh Allen, and then 100%. they lose sometimes because of Josh Allen. Yeah, you but, live by the sword, you die you know, by the sword. <laughs> you die by the sword. But – I'm not going to uh, jump to the conclusion that to say, you know, oh, I'm just going to chop him off. He's this overrated guy that, you know, everybody he, should he, never be, you know. He, he can't hold ch- a candle to, to Patrick Mahomes. He's not Patrick He could change. He, he could fix yeah. it up. But the fact of the matter these, is, as of right was, now, as these of recording. Were things, these were things I, I, were, I was reading about Patrick Mahomes last season. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, uh, Josh Allen, they, they fucking they figured it out. He's just some linebacker that's – as playing quarterback as of right now, Josh Allen, he's pleased if he's playing fraudulent these last couple of weeks. The system is, and 
we we've seen the Josh Allen regression, and I I attest a lot of this to the genius of Brian Dabble. You know, obviously now the New York Giants head coach, Josh Allen, this regression might be associated to that. Brian Dabble was able to, you know, scheme up Josh Allen a way to eliminate these mistakes and now we're seeing some of that old josh allen coming out of college come back where he's trying to squeeze it into windows he can't make it into even though he thinks he can and he's trying to do a little bit too much and there was a point last season when people were saying patrick mahomes was doing too much and we saw this season it changed obviously next season josh allen might have a full off season he's going to work on some things if he doesn't take another leap it's an issue but the fact that the matter is right now Josh Allen, he's not doing what he needs to do in order to get this team to where they need to go, which ultimately is the Super Bowl. Right now, I can't see them making it because they're gonna if they continue to drop games, the Chiefs they look like a well-oiled machine right now, and they're gonna they're forcing themselves as of right now to have to go to Arrowhead in the playoffs and beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and we have seen they cannot do it. They, can, they haven't been able to do it yet. They had, if they could just, if they kept up that first half of the season performance, we, we, like it would have been the other way around. Kansas City headed to Buffalo in the playoffs. Snowy would have been a, a, a disaster for Patrick Mahomes. But they bottled it. And it, I don't see it being recoverable at this point unless the Chiefs, if the Chiefs start going on a run and they start skidding, then that's going to be a whole other topic on this show because I don't mm-hmm. see it happening. That would be absolutely mind-boggling. I, it's not going to happen at the end of the day. You know, I think Josh Allen has a good chance to rebound, you know, this week, you know, because they play the the Browns. Ultimately, you know, uh, they're seeing. I'm seeing reports that this game is going to have up to six feet of snow. Jesus. Six feet. And so, you know, I say he has a good chance to rebound, but I don't know how well any quarterback can rebound in six feet of snow in terms of throwing the ball. It, but yeah, yeah. But I think he's just going to be able to run the ball. I, I'd be shocked if uh, they lose this game. But if they do lose this game, it is time to full on hit the panic button with the Buffalo Bills. If they lose this game as well, that'd be a three game losing streak. It'd be full on panic that, mode, yeah. full on panic mode, because that's two losses. Look, I'll give you the Vikings. They're a good team. But that would include two losses to the Jets. And they're not a bad team, but you lost to Zach Wilson. <laughs> Enough Bro, said. Stop stop the Zach and Wilson then, slander. And dude. then you lose to the Browns with Jacoby Brissett. If it happens, it, it's, it would be time to that's hit the panic button. Good, but I, I don't I don't expect that to happen. I think that Josh Allen is going to be motivated. If he I, I think he's gonna rebound, I would be I would say. I I would be shocked if he doesn't. No, I I, I would say the same. I think they're gonna win this the, the next game. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be comfortable. I think I think they'll they'll get by. They'll get by. Yeah. He's a Brown, the Browns aren't bad. The they're Browns not a bad, not they're not, they're not a bad yeah. team, but we did, we did just see the Dolphins take care of business against them handily. Yeah, so it's they it's going it, it's a nice little little, little measuring stick. You know, it, because... It's uh they're they're it's not like they're playing the Texans where it's like, okay, you know, they're just <laughs> yeah. getting, They're playing yeah. a solid team. They're solid. Or, I'll give them that. They're the solid. Yeah, they're, oh, the Broncos. <laughs> the Broncos. So we've had our our time speaking on the bills before we move on to the next one, because that's, that's the whole let's go. I'm ready for that. But back to the Vikings real quick. You know, we're going to talk about this team in a second, their opponent next week or this week, technically Mm -hmm. can the Vikings make a statement win and really cement themselves against the Cowboys. Obviously I think you picked the the Cowboys 
I'd mm-hmm. like to uh, hear a little bit about that. You know, I think uh, coming into this game, you know, the Cowboys coming off the uh, coming off a loss to the Packers. We'll get into their loss in a second. Yeah, they're going to get into the, more of the loss. Touch, touching on the fact, just just uh, that um, I don't, I, I wait, I wait to the fact that I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose two straight games compared to the chances of the Vikings extending this winning streak. Uh-huh. I think the, the chances are a little bit more into the Cowboys' favor, in my opinion. That's why Vegas has them as favorites going into the game. And I think that this team's going to be looking at this as a bounce back. I think they're going to be taking this game a lot more seriously. That, you know, you're playing a team that's 8-1, and one, and the yeah. Vikings uh, – no, not the Vikings. Well, the, the Cowboys are going to be looking at this at a real chance. They want to try and make a statement. Micah and the Marauders are going to want to try and make a statement because we can't we can't forget that yeah Green Bay did did well against the Cowboys defense which we haven't seen a lot of teams do this that Cowboys defense is still top top two in the league it's it can get at your quarterback and they can lock down but it's more of the fact that their offense is is just not clicking that's a whole different thing we're probably going to get into a little later mm-hmm. but I think. If I if I had to choose, I, I I got the Cowboys in a bounce back. Yeah, I I, I could see that happening. You know, I, I don't think we're gonna see. And we're gonna talk about Dak Prescott probably in a second here. I don't see Dak Prescott potentially having back to back just quite as bad games as we just saw. You know, ultimately. But you know, I took the Vikings, and you know, I think it's time that we take the Vikings one hundred percent serious. You know, they just beat the Buffalo Bills, obviously, and you know, this is gonna be. In Minnesota, you know, that helps also. But, you know, we, we for the reasons we've already touched on, I mean, although the Cowboys got Travion Diggs, who's probably going to be guarding Justin Jefferson. I'm still taking Justin Jefferson against any corner in the league. Oh, gee, bro. And, God. And, I'm t- and, you know, I, I trust Kirk Cousins, and I have a lot more faith and trust in this defense. You know, as of right now, I'm not going to say the Vikings defense is anything special. Or you know, top in the yeah, league like the like Cowboys, statist- but I have trust in them. Statistically, they aren't good defense. Statistically, they're not a good defense. They're they're just dogs. Like that, you if they're able to get it close, defense will play up to par to get them home. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just one of those things when you keep when you take into the account that you know Kirk Cousins he's he's playing good enough to get wins. Dalvin Cook, you know, he had that. 85 yard touchdown one what what was it against the bills one like something like that you know they're they're <laughs> doing good yeah, on yeah he was cooking the cook off yeah no they're, they're doing they're they're executing on all cylinders right now it's just one of those things yeah they are, it seems as if they're just a well-oiled machine and you know i'd be surprised if i'm not necessarily surprised but you know i i expect the vikings to be able to get this win yeah, uh, which I you know, I think I think it's going to be a, a very close game. I come down to you know, like a winning field goal. I, I believe. Yeah. So you ready to so get what, into what, uh, what we got next? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, you ready to get into uh, <laughs> the team we just talked about, uh, the Cowboys, and uh, obviously how uh, the NFL world was shocked by the results of Cowboys versus Packers. You know, this is a big game. Yeah, I I actually saw that it was actually the most watched game of the season so far, which is kind of surprising because wow. you know. But what what it's the Cowboys are the you know the, the most box office thing. Even though they're not the best team in the league, 
they they know how to bring people to watch games. No, it's one of those things. Everyone wants to watch the Cowboys, and I think a lot of people, you know, they got eyes on the Packers, you know, right now because before this game, you know, we saw kind of they they weren't on the right track. Obviously, you know, we talked about it before. You know, we didn't think they had any chance of making the playoffs. I'm going to get into that in a second here, but you know, I'll go ahead and uh, give this one to you first here. You know, once again to get your just initial thoughts on the game in general yeah. because you know, you know, you obviously everyone had the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And coming off, uh, you know, even Green Bay's loss to the, the Lions, it was it kind of looked like almost like a no brainer. But I had I had a sneaking feeling that just because it's the Cowboys that and it's Aaron Rodgers, they, they play up the level because it's hard to get up for the Detroit Lions. You know, like I don't, I don't think they, they, they have that one circled. I feel like this is one of those games. A lot of teams in the league circle when they play the Cowboys because uh-huh. that's where they want to make their move and that's where they want to prove themselves. And I think Aaron Rodgers took a good little uh, – he, he chose a good day to show up, and he, he definitely did not look as bad as he, as he did when he played Detroit. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was one of those Cowboys let them down. They did not like, – Normally, how how they, how well they did. Mike Micah Parsons basically didn't look like he wasn't there. I I look I looked at the TV. I couldn't find him, and just another just another Dak Prescott is just like I I don't know what's going on with him. He just does not look like that same guy. He does not look like the the guy that we could say is easily top ten. It's like it's debated. I don't. It's hard to for me to even put him in the top ten because he's been playing very poor. He's just you know. Even the receivers are messing up routes. Like, yeah. I think most of it comes down to the fact that, you know, it's like weird compared to last season. The Cowboys, you know, they, they did pretty well last season. Their defense was was good and their offense was pretty good. But going into this one, this next season, you know, losing Amari. A, a Mar, uh, that was a big know, loss. That, that's a bigger loss than what people are realizing now. Yeah. Yeah. Putting putting C D Lamb as that one. C D Lamb is not a one. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, I, I don't know what, what point exactly you're about to make, but let's not act like C D Lamb didn't have a phenomenal game. He had a great game, but C D Lamb, this this is why even even after that he had a great game. Dak's calling him out after that they're messing up routes. Yeah. And from this season, we can't act like you know, oh, C D Lamb's been great this entire season. He hasn't been. He, he sometimes he'll have really good games, and then other games you're like, "Where's where's number eighty eight? You forget that he's on there, and not not to mention that they're in in receiver they're not they don't have very deep like um my, my uh, Gallup Gallup always seems to get hurt every time injured, I watch yeah. it. Yeah, he's yeah. always trying to you know the commentators are like, "Oh, Gallup's playing through an injury." It's like, dude, when is he not playing through a damn injury, man? Like Jesus, yeah. no. and you know that and they didn't want to pay Amari Cooper his his uh his money. To uh, to stay, they thought you know, Jerry Jones is like, I don't want to pay this much for this guy, and yeah. they decided to offload him. You know, it, it's it's good that their defense got, I think you know, steps better, but their offense, you know, backed up. And now Dak is also looked like he's took he's taken almost a step back in what yeah. he, he he normally is, and it's a bit frustrating, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean it's 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 one of those things, you know, we see the uh, the number one Cowboys lover, you know, Skip Bayless claiming for uh, Cooper Rush to come back in, you know. Cooper it's, Rush it's to getting, come back. It's, it's getting He's bad out here for the Cowboys. I miss Cooper Rush. Yeah, I miss Cooper Rush, you know. It's one of those things. It's disappointing because I thought once Dak come back or he came back, you know, we were going to see a, a different Cowboys team because they were already doing well, surprising a lot of people based on just how good they were doing with Cooper Rush. And now, okay, they were already doing good, and now you got Dak Prescott coming back into the fold. You know, I think the expectations were not necessarily to the moon, but they were up there, mm-hmm. and you know they just haven't met those expectations. And you know, I, I know it was his homecoming, and it was you know Mike McCarthy, woo, you're a legend, blah blah blah. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of this blame. Obviously, you give some of the blame to Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, whoever. Mm-hmm. I'm putting a lot of this blame on Mike McCarthy. At the end of the day, this team, although they had the lead throughout most of the game. The Cowboys are coming off of a bye. You cannot lose coming off to the bye. They had a hell of time to prepare for this. They knew they had all this time in the world to prepare for Aaron Rodgers. And it's not quite the old Aaron Rodgers where it's like, well, you know, you can do all the preparation you want. Yeah, and It's Aaron Rodgers. But this ain't the old Aaron Rodgers, you know, necessarily. But they made him look like it. This this looked like vintage Aaron Rodgers. Vintage Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers Memorial. He turned back the clock when, you know, from when he was winning back-to-back MVPs just two years, you know, a year ago and two well, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but it's inexcusable to lose in the way that they did to a team coming – like, look, they're coming off the bye, and the Packers, they've lost five in a row. Before this, they've lost five in a row. You cannot lose this game. And what makes it worse, on top of all that, they blew a 14-point fourth-quarter lead. It's it's just absolutely terrible. Can't do it. There, there's nothing else you can say besides the fact that this is the same old Cowboys. It's the same old Cowboys. They're a solid team. They're decent. They're going to make the playoffs, but they are not doing anything further than that. And if anyone expected it, it, it just just get your <laughs> expectations yeah, down. Yeah, it's not no, happening. Not you know, happening. it's just not happening. They messed up getting rid of Amari Cooper in the way that they did, basically for pennies, pennies yeah. on the dollar. What was it again? Like a, a, six, a six round pick? To give him <laughs> away. What six? What's the last, bro? I can't even remember. You know, like a sixth round pick. Like, like, like Amari Cooper is is he's up there. He's and you're giving uh, away a sixth round pick for him. Like, like, oh my god, the Browns got a steal, but that's besides the point. The Cowboys, they are not doing anything as long as Mike McCarthy is the head coach. Then that could be for if they want to keep him next season. Hey, more power to Jerry Jones. But if you keep Mike McCarthy, you are confirming you are not even coming close to winning a championship. And that's just what it is at the end of the day. We see it time and time again, notorious chokers. It's just what it is with the Cowboys. Yeah, it's unfortunately. And I think a lot of it came down to the fact that even the the big overtime thing where they, they did, he said he decided on second down of, of that play that they were going to go for it, that they, they were going to go for it on fourth. I don't understand. I, but it doesn't even make I sense. I don't understand why you just don't take take the take, take the field goal because you're, you're acting like you don't trust your defense. That's what I'm stop. saying. That's you what I'm tr- saying. You don't trust this defense to get a stop. I get they haven't been playing good, but I, uh, if I, uh, if I were one of those, players, I'd be I would be feeling a certain way because I get like going 100%. for it, but like, but you have to like. And even when Mike, Mike McCarthy, after that, he, he was like trying to tell all the statistics of like going for and stuff like, oh, the game was running away from us. It's like Mike McCarthy, <laughs> Dak Prescott, his QBR going for on fourth is the worst QBR in NFL. No, t- second worst QBR. 
Funny enough, the person with the worst QBR on fourth down is Tim Tebow. He's the worst, <laughs> he, has the worst, he has the worst QBR. But Dak on fourth down is about as bad as you can get. Yeah. Just take your field goal and let Micah and the Mar- Marauders take a shot. Let, I mean, let, let them have a That's chance to stop saying. it. Because no matter what, you just let Aaron Rodgers basically walk wolf his way down there and beat you. Yeah. Is it's just I don't I don't really understand, and it's it's the same reason that I just don't. Mike McCarthy is not that guy. He's, he's not. He's he, not going to lead you to Super Bowl. He's he's just doesn't have it. There's a reason why Green Bay got rid of him so that they could get Mike LaFleur, so that they could try to make a Super Bowl, which they still haven't been able to do. But yeah. you you get Cowboys, bro. They haven't been since what the '80s or whatever, bro. And they said, you know what, this guy right here. He failed with Green Bay. He failed with arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But you know what? We We're need gonna him. give him Dak Prescott. This is this guy. We need him. It doesn't We're make any sense. Look, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers has scored 500 straight points against you, and they have every mom- every single drop of momentum. You have the arguably the best defense in the NFL. You give them. You take your points, and you and you move forward, and you trust them. Doing what you did, it, it like once the Cowboys missed on fourth down, it was over. It was yeah. over. You know. Although, you know, you could make the point like, oh, well, if the Cowboys defense is so good, they should have stopped them right there. It don't work like that. Yeah, no. You're talking about having the ball on the 25-yard line compared to where they got it. It doesn't. It's not how this game works. The, like, like, look, I know the Packers have been dicing him up. We have been, he's looking like vintage Aaron Rodgers. If they take their points, they make that field goal, and then it's, they it's kick. It's a whole different mentality on, they on kick defensive it off, side. Yeah. They kick it off at the bare minimum. They get they could get the ball back and because a Green Bay kicks a field goal, you know, like you can't just let Aaron Rodgers waltz the ball down there. All he needs is a field goal. So pretty much it's it's how how we saw it with the Vikings. You're at his game. mercy. You know how easy it is to get into field goal range at the end of the day. It's it's not. I mean, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world, but it's pretty damn easy. You if you make them get a touchdown to win. And if and Aaron Rodgers dices you and you get and you get a touchdown and you hold your hands up and you say, hey, you know, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers did what he did. But you basically didn't even give yourself a chance. You had no, you yeah. had no hope. It's pathetic. And it is it's once again bad coaching from Mike McCarthy. How many times do I have to say it? Just bad, bad coaching. It's not good. Old cowboys, the, old cowboys. You know, we we can sit here and, and argue about not even argue, just 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 Talk about how bad the Cowboys are and how how they're going to continue to choke and everything like that. But let's go ahead and get, give the Packers their flowers for being able to do what they did in this game. You know, for me yeah. personally, nobody expected it. You know, what were you saying? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think this is this is something that they definitely needed, but no one thought that they could pull off. No, hundred percent. I'm I'm not gonna like um you know act like that the Packers haven't been you know really still really bad and i still don't have them making the playoffs even yeah, after this impre- impressive win like this like their schedule left <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty fucking difficult even with the, the cowboys out of the way i think yeah. i have it right uh, let me see the shit bro who do they have to play dude i, I got yeah. it okay oh uh, uh, well, well, who do you got yeah you've got it in front of you the packers schedule they played the titans obviously this week the eagles the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Lions. From from those names you, you, you just named out, I can really only see them winning two of those games. 
I can I mean? only see them beating. Yeah, the the I they can maybe get revenge on the Lions and the Bears. Not but even the Rams. Are, no, I don't think they beat the Rams. Well, I, I, so. I, I I could see them. I mean, like, look, I I'll think get, they're gonna I'll ride. Maybe, but I from how I see it and how like you know from what it could how good I I see them going you know finishing off with like six and eleven for the season. You know, realistically, for me, you know, re- seeing that schedule. I think that they're going to ride the momentum against a Tennessee team that, let's just be honest, you know, we're going to see it tomorrow how it plays out exactly. But Tennessee, they're a, a pretty, solid, a pretty good defensive. Yeah, they're a, they're a, a good defensive, defensive team, team, but they're, they're you don't have to score a lot of points to beat them. Yeah, you know, no. it's going to be a you know defensive battle. If if Tennessee goes out tomorrow and lights it up, and, you know, and we'll I'll hold my hands up and say, you know, hey, you know what, got it wrong, but. I don't necessarily see it happening. I think riding the momentum and, you know, obviously for reasons that the same reasons, kind of how they were able to execute against the Cowboys. I think I would expect Christian Watson to have a great game, you know, obviously against the Cowboys, he absolutely torched them, lit them, lit them up four receptions, you know, led the team 107 yards, led the team three touchdowns, obviously led the team. You know, I don't think you can expect three touchdowns from here on in every single week, but they finally found somebody for Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to. You know, it's yeah. about time. They got somebody. It is somebody. about time. So thank Someone God for that. Someone that can that. make a play. But I, so I, would, I could expect them to – it'll be a dog fight tomorrow. I'll give them the edge. That's one win. The Eagles, I'm not giving them that. Not the God, Bears, that. the Bears will be tough because I, I, I respect what the uh, Bears have been doing. They've been getting in dog fights, but they did just lose to the Lions. You know, obviously the Packers yeah. have as well. But Justin Fields is doing his thing. That'll be a toss-up, I would say. But give me the Packers because at the, the end Packers of the day, the it's Aaron Rodgers and he he owns the NFC he North. Own, he, he owns the Bears. I mean, realistically, I'm surprised you think the Ravens will beat the Pack or no, the Rams. I mean, because the Rams. the Rams are not a good football team. I think. Well, I mean, they're both not good football teams. I mean, it might, it might even, be you know they might not even be having Cooper Cup for that game. That that's the only thing that I can like think of that if Cooper Cup will be back by then. I could see it, but even still, I think, I think the the Rams would get up to play the Packers. Yeah, and I think they could they could edge one out. I don't think it's gonna be a pretty game. I think it's gonna be a yeah. pretty fucking ugly game. It's gonna be <laughs> like, atrocious, like Bucks, like Bucks Rams. But uh, you know, I think that the Rams could squeeze it out. And then obviously the Dolphins is gonna be a really tough game. I would expect the Dolphins to win uh, that game. I would expect the Dolphins to win. The game. Vikings, you know. It, it's it's like it's the, once again the NFC North. Anything can happen. It's Aaron Rodgers. He could get up for that game, but I would expect the Vikings to win once yeah. again. And then the Lions, I would expect you know the Packers to Give be able to win. One, two, three, four. I could expect them to get four wins out of the, that remaining schedule. Is that going to be enough to get them into the playoffs? I don't know. It depends on how it all plays out. They've dug themselves such a hole that in, four wins might not be enough. Yeah, but I can expect them to maybe get those four wins. But I will say. If they are not able to pull it off tomorrow against the Tennessee Titans, it'll be over for them 100%. Yeah, no. Even they, though they, they need this game. They need, they the Titans, need yeah. this game. And that's what I, I think this Packers team knows that it's back to the wall from here on in. Every game, mm-hmm. th- their playoffs started last week. The Cowboys was their first official playoff game pretty much because they needed every, they need pretty much every game going forward. You know, they can afford to lose maybe two. They've won their first playoff game pretty much, if you want to look at it like that, against the Cowboys. They're going to have to win another one against a damn good Titans team. 
Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have to continue to run the table as much as as much as possible. You know, I wouldn't expect them to beat the Eagles and the Vikings and the Dolphins, but besides that, they have they have to run the table and then see what else happens. Yeah, because it's going to be interesting to see how it, the NFC all plays out. You know, it'll be tough. I I don't know exactly how it's all going to play out, but it, you know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. Is, what, is, what we got next? Any, what we got next? Yeah, I think that that was all the points I, I got with the Cowboys and in the Packers. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. I'm good with that. So then, you know, and I've been handing it off to you uh, pretty much in every single one, but I'm yeah. gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it again on this one because I <laughs> have to. It, you know, look, the Bucks. You know, they and, and them and the Seahawks played the first ever NFL game in, in Munich, Germany. Germany. First of all, before we get into the game itself, that was it was pretty cool to see. You know, yeah, Ger- Germany yeah. has one of the best atmospheres in the world. They played it in the, the Allianz Arena, I believe, which is Bayern Munich Stadium. And it was a beautiful atmosphere. It was a great game. And I saw the, the clip that went viral after the game, Tom Brady doing his post-game interview. And those German fans are, are like, like they do in soccer or football, you know, uh, European football. But they, yeah. they stayed in the stadium for like – I, I don't know how exactly how long after the game, but they were sitting there and no one had left the crowd and they're chanting and they're singing like they do for soccer. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Was, it was it was beautiful to see. It, it's it's a completely different, like completely different. It's fans completely that, different. Yeah. It's cool. And, and, you know, before I hand this off to you, I will say, and you might be, you might have uh, potentially have said this, but it was cool to see, even though I don't like the guy, Tom Brady becomes the first quarterback to win in four different countries. That's pretty you know, damn cool. That's pretty damn cool. The goat, but, the goat does what goat does. Yeah, yeah, I give him that. But you know, I'll go ahead and uh, pass this one off to you. Just your thoughts on this game, you know, kind of as a Bucks fan. My Super Bowl pick is alive. We are still alive. I and I told you this when we were when we watched the last the the last possession in the Rams Bucks game oh, that God. if. If they pull this off, that it could catapult this team just the same way they did the first year that they were assembled. And now, you know, they went to Munich and they played what a lot of people are saying is a is a hot fire Seahawks team with a guy that is a is a real actual dark horse maybe Geno Smith. Okay, and this, yeah. This, yeah. This is a legit team, the Seahawks. They've been playing well, and. We finally saw the Bucks run the fucking football effectively, you know, because that was really a stranglehold on them that they they kept on just trying to give it to Leonard Fournette, give it to Leonard Fournette. I hopefully let like Leonard Fournette was basically like I, I remember towards the Rams game he had like negative yardage, <laughs> and at a certain point he had negative yeah, yardage. Yeah, no, it was it was getting bad, and they they were finally able. To switch it up, and uh, I, I had to get my my boy's name. I always forget his name. What is it? White, Rashad White. You talking about? Right, yeah, Rashad White. So Rashad White, uh, he got a a buck five in in uh in rushing and combining combining with uh Leonard Fournette, he got fifty four. They they both basically combined for one hundred and sixty yards rushing. That'll that. win you games. That that enough will will win you games. And the fact that there people now you, you, the Seahawks had to respect the run. It gets the receivers just a little more wide open because even against the uh, was it the Rams seven seven interceptions uh, not interceptions but seven seven throws dropped by Brady's receivers mm-hmm. you know th- that's not going to be consistently what's going to happen but now 
they're starting they're starting to get it a little bit. They're starting to catch it. And I this is what I thought could happen after they, you know, they pull out such an ugly game that was, you know, the, the Rams the Rams and Bucks. But the fact they were able to pull it out of the fire fire and now they went to Munich and got got a win against a pretty good Seahawks team. I told you I would not be surprised if they don't lose another game. I would not be surprised. That this is what this team is built on. It's built on the belief of that we have that one guy. We have the guy. And to oh, add man. to the fact, Tom Brady is now 2 and 0 after being divorced. This is what we this is what we've wanted and we've been waiting for since he's been officially divorced 2 and 0 undefeated. He's back. Yeah, you know, initially I'll say first of all, the Bucks' upcoming schedule, to to your point, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on this, and I'll give my thoughts, you know, but then I'm gonna give my thoughts on the game. But yeah, the Bucks' upcoming schedule, they got the Browns, the Saints, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Falcons. I'm just I'm gonna just go ahead and say this is an easy ass schedule. At the end of the day, this yeah. schedule is ass. Uh, they put other, they- other than the Saints so that have always been in trouble for Tom. It's pretty, yeah. It's it's definitely you know. I respect the Forty Niners. I respect the Forty Niners more than the Saints. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm talking about more like matchup wise, you know. No, I would say obviously the Saints kind of typically kind of own the Bucks per se. So that would be one. No, they kind of own one. Tom Brady for a sense. They've they've always played well against Tom. Pretty much, for me, the Saints. You know, they're not realistically. They've been playing bad. I would be, you know, besides the fact that they kind of own them and they own Brady, I, I expect the Bucks to win that game. The only yeah. the only difficult real difficult games I'm I'm counting here is the 49ers and the Bengals and I think that they have a chance to win both of those games. They probably have a better chance at the Bengals than they do the 49ers. But mm-hmm. all things considered, this is an easy ass schedule. So to your point that they, they might not lose another game, they, they might not. But is that but does that mean that you know they could be going into the playoffs potentially on a however long winning streak? Well, I don't know what that would be. Potentially eight game nine game winning streak does this all of a sudden mean the bucks are going to be contenders no the bucks are not contenders they are not there are still fundamental issues with this football team and sure they were always going to make the playoffs because they were better than every other team in the in the, the sorry the sorry nfc south the worst division in football they were always going to make the playoffs they might win a playoff game, but they are not winning the Super Bowl. They are not contenders. There are still fundamental issues with this football team. And, I, and one game of them being able to rush the ball effectively is, does not prove for me that you know they're going to be good long-term with it. They're going to have to sustain this and prove it. And my opinion might change. I might you know, hold my hands up and say, you know, no, they, they are technically contenders. But as of right now, I'm not just going to fully, fully buy in because let's be honest. They won against a trash Rams team, which took the last second. And and you were there. I, I saw how mad you were because of how bad the Bucks were. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they with 40 seconds left, they get the ball back and they're able that's to get the needed. touchdown. That's all they hey, needed. I hold my hands up and say, you know, that that's a good result for them. But let's not act like they played good in that game. They played a good game against the Seahawks. I'll give them that. But I'm not ready to go, oh, my God, the Bucks are back. They are making the Super Bowl. They're contenders. No, 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 no. Let's not get it twisted here. I'm taking a, a few other teams here in the NFC 
before I'm even thinking about the Bucks. You know, give me the 49ers over them. Give me the Eagles over them. Give me the Vikings over them. That's just what it is. You don't want to bet against the GOAT, but it's, you know, I'm not 100% convinced. I'm not 100% convinced, you know, at at this moment. Okay, okay. But I would say one thing that is a little bit worrisome, you know, for me, you know, that I might have to bite my tongue, you know, on what I've said. It looks as if, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on this, it looks as if Julio Jones has turned a corner. And it looks like, I'm not, he's not quite, you know, old Julio Jones yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he's not old Julio. But he, he he's looking effective, and he's, you know, he's able to do his thing. I, I don't have the stats exactly here, but. No, he, yeah, but, he was, yeah, from, he had a couple he was of catches, and, he was, and, he, and Brady was finding him. And, you know, that's another thing coming off that, you know, going back to the Rams game. God, did, did he look every bit of washed that versus the Rams. He just looked putrid. But <laughs> then again, I I don't expect much from Julio. It's kind of like one of those, it's an X factor that if Julio just so happens to show up, you have Julio Jones. But but but, you know, and, but that was, I would say a main reason why they were able to pull this off against the Seahawks was because Julio Jones showed up. Yeah, like it, he's it's not it's if, he's, a, yeah. if he's gonna remain consistent or at least somewhat consistent like this, he doesn't have to quite be as good as he was on uh Sunday. But if he's somewhat like this, that okay, the Bucks might have a case here. Mm, yeah, and um, I think this is this is one of the I believe it was the game, one of the first games they've had um Cameron Brait back, and I think I think it's either Cameron Brait that he came back this game or against the Rams. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that. Cameron Brait did play well in this game, and it gives them a little bit more because it's better than I get like a they're running a rookie at tight end when Brait's out. But yeah, you know, Cameron Brait is no bum. No, he's he, not. He's, no, he's pretty. He's pretty decent. That's another thing to give. You know, he's not Gronk, but <laughs> it's it's something different to give Tom because you know Tom loves his, his tight ends. Oh no, and, he does. That's what he's made, he, not made his career on, but he kind of has know, in a sense. Yeah, in, in a sense of having the one of the greatest ones of all time. But you know, having that just give adding more dimensions to this offense because at a at a point this offense looks so one dimensional. You was, know, three and bad. out, three and out, three and out. You know, can't run a lick. You know, Tom Brady's <laughs> throwing the ball fifty damn times. You know, it's that like it's, gonna it's, get it's it shit, you don't. You're not. You know, you got to go back to this old style football where you know you're handing the ball, you're 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 running the ball, switching it up. You know, not only making Leonard Fournette the only fucking guy running the ball because that's <laughs> no. you know Le- Leonard Fournette's pretty good, but as you're you know like your go your go to always go to him always go to him, that's not gonna work. No, not not anymore. You know, no. he's it's, it's he's not that. But you know, they finally have gotten you know that Richard White uh, fully yeah. involved and. You know, if they're able to really keep that duo going with, you know, make it more of a duo, you know, similar to mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony yeah. Pollard, like the Cowboys have, you know, then the Bucks, they, they might be a little bit more. Mm, that, going that, they'll definitely, yeah, a little, a little definitely free up some space because that was weirdly enough, you know, it either plays into it, plays not to uh, play into like how good your offense can be because a lot, just a lot of times that the Bucks were getting. We we saw Mike Evans and Chris Godwin just like be ineffective for so many games in the season just because teams didn't respect the run. Yeah, because exactly. they're like you know we're just gonna have all our guys you know focus on your receivers because you're just gonna throw the <laughs> damn ball. You're not running it because no. you guys can't run. The, the problems with the Bucks was running on the offense. They can't run, but then they couldn't stop the run, and they yeah. kind of were and they kind of in a sense were able to not necessarily 100% fix both of those problems because it, you know to fix the problem you have to be consistent. We'll see yeah. next game. 
see going forward how it looks. But you know, the Seahawks they got a rookie of the year candidate, you know, currently at running back, and they were able to yeah. hold him to Kenneth Walker Jr. They were able to hold him to relatively, you know, a quiet game, you know, all things yeah. considered. So you have to give them cre- credit where credit is due, but going forward, I'm not ready to say anything crazy, you know, like they're uh, they're back. We, the old Bucks are back. We will see. We will see. But on on to the next thing that we had up, uh, a pretty surprising one that we at first we this was not even on the radar to even talk about. No, why would the Eagles? The Eagles get their first loss of the season to the Washington Commanders of all teams, and you know in hindsight now you look back at it, it kind of makes sense. But I do want to pass it off to you because you know you were the one that uh, that fully wanted to go more into this. So yeah. what, what 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 did you take away from that game? You know, I, from my takeaways from this game, the Commanders, they had the perfect game plan. You have to give credit to Ron Rivera where credit is due. The entire game, they were able to possess the ball. They Their tactic was let's keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands as much as possible. Let's keep him on the sideline. Let's run the ball. Let's make long, sustained drives. And that's what they were able to do. The Eagles... You know, they started off the game well scoring touchdowns, but then pretty much the commanders, they had the they won the time of possession battle handily. God, dude, it, it was the commanders had the ball 40 minutes to the Eagles 20 minutes. And that's and let alone, for success. Yeah, and let and let alone that the commanders ran 34 more plays than the Eagles. You're not winning. And to the fact that the Eagles Change just I don't know what went through the what, what was going on. I, I wish I was you know like a little fly around what was going on to the fact that Eagles are a rushing team. They they are a running football team, and I saw towards the beginning of the, the game, AJ Brown looked like he got he got nicked or something that you know he he just looked a little like a hick in his giddy up. Yeah, yeah. Hick, uh, and um they and. You know your best receiver gets hurt, and they this they decide. You know what? He gets hurt. Let's just have Jalen Hurts throw the ball more. That's literally counterintuitive of what's just happened. Yeah. So you only you only attempt four uh, four run run plays in the fir- entire first half. The fact that you you couldn't run the football and that you let the Commanders run all over you, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose game. That, it's, it's that's not that's good. the biggest thing. That it's just like it's mind boggling. And you know, the Eagles, you know, well, them going, you know, so long undefeated, people forgot that they can't really stop the run. You know, they're 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 not the greatest uh de- uh defensive team to stop the run. Nah. And now that you know, this is kind of you know, I feel like a lot of teams that saw this game are like, we're better than the commanders. We can run better than commanders. Yeah. So it's it's like one of those things. I'm not gonna like sit here and say, oh yeah, the Eagles just got exposed. This is like they're they're not gonna be as good because I I didn't really you know they're they they impressed me, but then again, I'm not I'm not here saying you know like they're going to the Super Bowl. But this is if you're an Eagles fan, it's it's somewhat concerning that the Commanders were the ones to basically you know beat you handily, like. 40 yeah. to 20 40 to 20 minutes that's pretty that's not good. No, in in the the first half it was just like shocking, you know, and, and I you know expected some kind of adjustments per se and it's one of those things after I, the 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 first half that I saw and I was like, "Oh my god, the Commanders they're they're just they're winning this time of possession battle. 
they're they're just running all over them, and there are <laughs> long sustained drives. You know, I expected some kind of a switch, and you know what made me re- like because at the end of the day, I in the back of my head, I was always thinking the Eagles are going to pull this one out. They're going to pull this yeah. one out. You know, they're going to find a way. It's what winners do. But they came out. The Eagles did instant three and out, and I was said, okay, That's this good. this 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 might not be what I expected here. And then from here on in, you know, I got to give a hundred percent credit to Taylor Heineke. You know, he was the backup to Carson Wentz. You know, he's that mm-hmm. guy. Uh, officially, now he's the starter, you know, going forward. And he deserves it. He had a great game. He's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He, you know, but he's he a backup. But yeah. the team loves to play for him. He, he has the heart. He has the grit. His mentality. All of that. This team, if Ty, Taylor Heineke is under center, the commanders, they just play better. It's just something about him. He's mm-hmm. got the aura. The, you know, he's just something. And also, you know, when you mix that with Ron Rivera, who he's, a, he's just a legend in the coaching game, he is going to be able to scheme up a game plan that is going to be able to win football games. And that's what he did, you know, and, and the Eagles, they just weren't able to make the adjustments. And, you know, ultimately that's what led to their demise in this game. I'm not ready to hit the panic button though, or yeah, anything nah, like that. Nah. The Eagles, they're still going to be a good football team. They, it was inevitable. They were going to lose. You know, every, you know, yeah, they're, they're not I going saw, undefeated. They're going to drop some game. I saw AJ Brown say in the post game press conference, I'm glad that the whole undefeated talk is over so that we can just focus on football now. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things you see a lot of teams say that before, you know, many times if they get to this Eagles point when they're eight and oh, everyone's talking about them being undefeated. The talk gets a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he's happy that it's over. You know, Jason Kelsey with the center, you know, he wasn't too happy about it. You know, he says, you know, you want to win every game. I, I don't know exactly what A.J. Brown's talking about. That's neither here nor there. The end of the day, it's just a surprising result, but you got to give credit to the commanders because nobody really expected it. You know, yeah. everyone had it. Yeah. They wrote them off, but they ain't right <laughs> back, though. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> they wrote back. Dude, especially the commanders. Because the commanders haven't been, like, anything special, but, like, I still think – you know, they have a good core. Like, they're still a good no. football team. I There's not, like, a lot of teams in this league that are that are just completely like, oh, these are fuck, they're fucking garbage. They're so yeah. bad. Like, a lot like a lot of teams on, on their day, they almost every team in this league on their day, they can beat, beat anybody. Yeah, the, the, and, the commanders, they have great players. They have Terry McLaurin. And, and this, they did all this, and they were able to hold the Eagles, you know, stellar offense. Without their their best defensive player, who's been injured, Chase Young, mm-hmm. you know people forget how dominant this guy is when he's healthy, and they haven't had him for the whole season. You know he's expected to be coming back, I think, this week or next. But it, you know I'm not over here saying the Commanders are you know whatever like they're you know they're the Commanders, but they they're solid. They got solid. They got solid players. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And uh, I can I can sympathize with AJ Brown's even saying like the whole like it's the same thing even when it comes to like you know undefeated boxers or undefeated fighters. Soon as that entire aura, the pressure of like um, you know people expecting you, oh we we just we just keep winning. We always have to win. It's like soon as you okay yeah we lost and we're still we're still us. We're still here. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna it's uh it's good and the bad thing. Obviously you want to win every fucking game, but realistically. You, you're just not going to win every it's game. Not you, have to be, you have to be realistic, you know? You know, you can't be like, oh, you know. If the 2007 <laughs> Patriots can do it, you know? Yeah. yeah, and that's another thing even plays into that. Like, the, the pressure that are on these players are like, we just got one more to go to, to finish. Like, you know, 
I, I think it's not a, it's not a huge deal. I think this doesn't change my my idea of the Eagles no. that much, other than the fact that you know you can get on them, you can get at them. Yeah, you know, some things were exposed. The ball. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts, you know, because one of the biggest things that's being made out after this game is that the the, the Dallas Goddard missed a face mask call and and all of that. You know, do, do you do you got because a lot of people are saying. Oh yeah, well, that, if if that face mask gets called, the whole landscape of the game changes. And in a sense, it does. Jason Kelsey immediately went on his podcast and denounced that, saying, you know, he hates it when people blame the ref. Mm-hmm. The eagle, he, he said, you know, us, the Eagles, they blew it. You know, they, they, they had have, chances to win should, that game. They shouldn't have allowed it to get to that point. Realistically, exactly. That's the I, I, get, I get. It's a well. hor- It's a horrible call, and it should have been called. But like, it's it still doesn't defend the fact that they couldn't stop the run and. Just it's a bigger problem that the you know even the play the play calling was not fit for them. It's like you know Jalen Hurts, he's he's pretty he's pretty good at throwing the ball, but like he's a dual threat. And they, they didn't get him on know, the run. You know you, you got you got to mix it up. You just can't have him. You know he just recently got pretty you know starting to get the recognition for being pretty good at throwing the ball, but that's not what he's known for. You know the the Eagles are a run team you have to run the ball you have to run that threat so you can oh you have get openings for aj brown you can have these things but you know i think it's a lot bigger than just that one play because it yeah, doesn't no, defend I can the 100- fact that yeah, yeah. Like they ran can, 38 I, more plays than you man like come on i, I can 100 I percent agree with that and that's why i hate to see the eagles fans and and just fans in the cross the league in general say that this 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 refereeing call was the reason they lost. Blah blah blah. Between this call and then another call that I wanted to get into, the ending of the game, the Eagles they had gotten their stop per se to end the you know to give them a, a chance, and mm-hmm. then the late hit gets called on Taylor Heineke when he gives himself up. Do you have any thoughts on you know that potential rule? Do you think you know what is what are your thoughts about that in general? I uh you know. I don't. I don't really have much much thoughts on that. It's just the fact that it's just how the game's being called now. Like it sucks that. because it almost it feels like every single game is refed differently. You know, it's yeah. just you know, it's it's just difficult to say because you know it's almost like you're playing with different rules every single game, and sometimes yeah, it comes it's, down it's because to that. a lot of them are judgment calls. Yeah, and it's up to it, one guy's judgment. Yeah, well, I I believe at the end of the day, the team that deserved to win won. So I can 100 percent attest to that as I, well. I don't. If it were maybe the other way around, I would like have a, a little bit more of a problem with it. But like you know, towards the, the domination of you know possession and you know play calling and just how the Commanders handled themselves, I think the the right team won, and I I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I can 100 percent agree with that. I think it's one of those things. By the rule book, they made the right call on Taylor Heineke. He clearly gave himself up, and it was a late hit. There's no debating that, and yeah. that's how the game needs to be called. You know, at this point, you know, it's it's the NFL. You know, it's, it's not quite as as dangerous as it was before. I mean, it's still dangerous, but you know, they got to call that. Yeah, especially with uh with the whole even the tour situation. That exactly that has you, to be you, called. You know, and, and you you remember even the games after that, like um Tom Brady had a couple bad calls to where you know that uh, it's roughing of the passer. Even though yeah. a lot of times I don't believe it's rough for the passer. We saw the same some plays called for Aaron Rodgers the same way. It's just the fact that um <clears throat> the league is really trying to protect the quarterbacks because it's a quarterback league. It's oh, just of what course. it is. It's what it is. And 
you know, a lot of the old heads are not going to like it that way because, you know, back in the day, you know, you, you could basically pick up the quarterback and fucking throw, <laughs> throw him over your head. You could, you could, you know, WWE, you know, fucking pile drive them, but you just can't do that. No, more no, no. Because you can't do that in if general. If it were like that, no, Tom Brady ain't making it past, you know, like 25, 26. No. You're just not, it's not happening. And he's going for 50 now, bro. It just yeah, wouldn't happen going, in the old NFL. Yeah, absolutely not. But that's how the game is moving towards that, you know, you, you can't really touch the quarterback that much. I mean, you can yeah. obviously, you know, you have to be just very, like, uh, very cautious of how you do it. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I've been waiting to, and, waiting to get yeah, in. This, 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 this is the one that, you know, I've, I've been waiting for. And you being the Dolphins fan, you had this what? one basically cir circled <laughs> that you wanted to be, you know. And I I think I know what you're going to say, but will Tua Tagovailoa win the most valuable player award this season he's the mvp right now he is 100 percent the mvp right now the stats show it that it's just did i believe it could happen at the end at the beginning of the season no you know nobody did you know we weren't sure what to expect out of tour but the fact of the matter is the dolphins this season are seven and oh when tua starts and finishes the game in the last three games nine touchdowns zero interceptions Two players in NFL history have had three consecutive games with 275 pass yards, three pass touchdowns, and a 135-plus passer rating. 1999 Kurt Warner, who won the MVP, and 2022 Tua Tagovailoa. And I'm just going to address this before you get to do it. Tua, and this, is, this was his statistics last game, throwing to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Nine receptions, 110 yards, and one touchdown. Tua throwing to everybody else, 17 receptions, 192 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. He is not, it's not just, oh, he's got two, uh, Tyreek, he's got Jalen Waddle, and that's, you know, oh, anyone could do it. No, Tua is just playing phenomenal football. Mike McDaniel is putting him in a good position, and he's getting the job done. Zero punts last game. The fact of the matter is, He's got the highest passer rating in NFL history by a third-year quarterback, 118.4. It, it, it's just unbelievable. 37.7% of Tua's passing yards this season are after the catch, the lowest percentage of any quarterback through Week 10. He is not a yak guy. He is putting the ball where it needs to be. And people thought Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, it's going to be a bunch of yards after the catch. No. Chua is just doing his thing. He is first in pass touchdowns, uh, pass touchdowns to interception ratio. He has 9.3 yards per attempt. He's first in touchdown percentage. He's first in QBR. He's first in net yards per attempt. You know a court, you name a quarterback stat, Tua is pretty much number one in it right now. He is think, by I, far I, I and away he, the MVP yeah. of, of the league. You can make the argument for Patrick Mahomes. You definitely can't make the argument for Josh Allen anymore. The only reason why it is not far, far, far and away to uh, is because he's missed three games. If he didn't miss those three games, it, it would already be over. It would already be over. But even with him missing three games, it is his award to lose as of right now, in my opinion. The stats speak for itself. I don't see him slowing down. This team is a well-oiled offensive machine led by Tua Tagovailoa. Put some respect on his name. He's better than Justin Herbert. He's better than Joe Burrow. He is the best quarterback in the 2020 draft class, and that is it. Simple as that. He is him, 
MVP this man. MVP that man. I can't deny any of the things that you just said. Every, of course you can. In every single how, how could ca- you? Every category, every category that a quarterback can have, two is either one or he's top five, top three, in every single quarterback category. He's he's taken the league by storm. But I do have to say, it still helps having Tyreek Hill, having his pro- possibly record-breaking season, two, getting getting 2K yards. Like, like, like 2K yards, who's done that? Nobody. But I'm not going to deny that, you know, that two is, you know, basically, oh, if you take Tyreek out, two is just, you know, like freaking just a guy. Tua has definitely proven that this team is his. You know, there, there was talk, there, there was talks of like, oh, you know, we might get Tom Brady or, oh, we, you know, Lamar, you know, you, you, you're, you don't want to resign that the, the Dolphins might plunge. I don't, I, there, there's no need realistically at this moment. There's no need because just from what, from what, how two was played, he's played outstanding. And I think at this moment, since Jalen Hurts dropped that game, I'd say it's completely like almost it's Patrick Mahomes and Tua going for it. And I would edge it out to Tua at this moment. Wow. At, at this moment. Yeah. It's, it's just, I, I can obviously what, you know, behind closed doors, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you shit about it because it's your team. But when it comes to it, Tua has been playing great. And there's a lot of people around, you know, a lot of fans around the league that's just like, it's just so out of out of the blue, out of nowhere, that they're not willing to to fold in and say two is a good uh, you know, one of those top guys that he's better than Joe Barry, that he's better than, you know, a lot of these top guys. I think two is a top five quarterback. If even if by the end of the season, you know, we're gonna have to see how he stacks up, you know, next season and how he does, you know, further on, but uh-huh. he cemented himself as a top five quarterback at this moment. And this was something that I told you jokingly before the season started. That you you should just say that he's gonna get MVP. <laughs> you know, you might as well. And and you were like, no, I don't want to do that. And now, ironically enough, it's actually something that's an actual conversation. That, uh, I I, that I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it even as a Dolphins fan. You know, I think yeah. I expected Tua to be really good because you know all things were pointing towards him being good, you know, the addition of Mike McDaniel coming from the Kyle Shanahan system. I knew that this offense was going to be so, so dynamic. And then, you you know, you go out, you get Tyree Kill. You already got Jalen Waddle. You got Raheem Mostert. You got Mike Gesicki. Then you go out in the trade deadline. You get Jeff Wilson Jr. And I just have to say, that was a trade deadline masterclass from Dolphins general manager Chris Greer because, oh my, Jeff Wilson, I'm not going to call him the best running back in the league or whatever, but he's a damn good running back. And good. he is doing his thing last game against the Browns, and he is going to continue to do his thing. Him and Raheem Mostert are going to be that duo for the Dolphins, and you know they can catch. They can, they can get the ball on the ground. They can run between the tackles, outside. They can do it all. They can do exactly what is needed. And, you know, I love the fact that, and you see this with, uh, this is, they stole this pretty much straight from the 49ers because it's Mike McDaniel taking it from Kyle Shanahan, Mm -hmm. but they get the fullback involved as well. The highest graded pro football focus 
player, uh, offensive player in the all in the whole NFL was the Dolphins fullback Alec Ingold. Alec Ingold. He's gonna be. He's gonna be an All Pro fullback, and it's a fullback. You know, it, it flies yeah. under the radar. He's a fullback, but he is a damn good fullback, and it's just another piece to this Dolphins offense that it's just amazing. I have never seen anything like this in my life as a Dolphins fan. I mean, we have a dynamic offense. We're seven and three for the first time since 2001. When I was 2001, you were born. You were born. <laughs> That's the point I was going to make. Yeah. I have not seen this type of success my entire life. So, you know, from here on in, and I've already pretty much, you know, I don't care. I do care, but uh, you know, if, if we lose, I, I, I'm just glad we're gonna make the playoffs. If we can just win a playoff game, I'm taking that, bro. I, I have never even seen that. Like, You've never seen it. Yeah, never seen like, it. Like, it's been so long. It's just, I have nothing but good things to say, and, and it's just unexpected. You know, I expected us to be good, not quite this good, not and not quite, good, yeah. not quite Tua being the damn MVP. Where I'm sitting up yeah. here and I'm listing off these stats, and I'm saying them. I wrote them down, you know, researching it. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't even. A part of me can't even believe this. Because it's the, just the unbelievable. Fa- the fact that the I I think I it's you. I'd have to probably sit down and think about it. The Dolph, Dolphins might have the like the best duo, as in like quarterback and receiver. Really enough that Tyree Kill and Tua haven't been together that long. I think they get along really well. Like, yeah, hundred percent off the field. They really respect each other, and you know. Like 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 I mentioned before that Tyreek's having that have there was no doubt there was you know there's people who say that could he be the same without Patrick Mahomes you know because it's Patrick Mahomes but yeah. Tyreek's Tyreek about Hill. to break Tyreek Tyreek fucking Hill he's he's always going to be in the conversation to be in the best he's about to break in the he's going to break the record like you were saying he's he's, gonna, yeah, he's, he's coming for Calvin Johnson's uh, head top you know he's coming yeah. for him. And, and if he breaks that, I, I don't know if anybody else will ever break it. It's one of those things. Is like I, I could, you know, I, I, I don't know quite about that because I think it's becoming a more and more offensive league, and yeah, you know, it's one yeah. of the, it, records are meant to be broken in the grand scheme of things. It probably will be broken, but it won't be broken anytime soon. It, but, anytime soon, yeah. And it's one of those things, you know, if you're thinking about the top receivers in the game that could break it, you know, we're talking Justin Jefferson, but the thing that's going to hold Justin Jefferson back, he's an all-time great. He's going to be an all-time great. But that there's just a, there's yeah. there's a difference in quarterback play between Kirk Cousins and Tua. That's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know Kirk this Cousins is he's, he's good, but Tua's the MVP of the league right now. I mean, he, look, Tua. If you told me before the season that we'd be talking about Tua, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen all being in the same conversation, and it's like it's not slandering Tua. It's is Tua just he's, he's right there with them. I would have said I, I I don't know about that. I would have said I, you might be talking you might be smoking some crack. <laughs> But here we are. Now, yeah, even now, I, I picked Josh Allen as my MVP pick. Obviously, I have to get, give that up. That's probably the one thing I'm probably – it's not happening. Josh Allen's there's, – there's almost no, – like, they would have uh, – That's like, like, run, have to like run the table. Yeah, but would two, have two, to retire. Mahomes would have to continue to Mahomes, fall off. Uh, yeah. And I don't see any. I don't think I, I don't see not, either of those two things but happening. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it is uh, Tua versus Patrick Mahomes right now for MVP. Yeah, and it, it's – it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that plays out because I think Tua has a slight advantage because, you know, nobody expected this. It's out of the blue, and he's playing so much better than everyone thought. That might play into the voters' minds. But also, yeah. Mahomes, you know, we I said it coming into this season. I picked Patrick Mahomes. 
because the narrative was there for Patrick Mahomes. He's it, can he do it without Tyree Kill? Yes, the answer is yes. You know, it's, it's in, they're going to be the number one seed potentially if they're able to lock that up. That that could play into it because you know they're the number one seed. You know, they're the best team, and Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the best team. It, it's hard not to make that argument to say he could be the MVP of the league. It's it's going to ultimately come down to. Can Tua continue to make up for? Well, can, can they keep going like this? But also, can Tua make up for the to the lost time the that lost he had? Time, yeah. Because MVP, you know, Tua at the end of the day, Tua doesn't you know particularly care or whatever. But he doesn't like, care for now. But in order to win MVP, you know, it's about staying healthy, and you got to have the best numbers and the best statistics. And although Tua is leading in all of these categories. He's gonna to have to find a way to make up for those three games that he missed, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, the voters they can put in the back of their head he missed three games, but when you're comparing Mahomes that who would have played a full schedule, and you're comparing Tua who missed three games, and if Mahomes' stats are just better, you can't just say, "Well, Tua missed three games." I projected he would have done this. You can't look at projections. There ain't no projections. It's based on what actually happened. So it's gonna mm-hmm. to be tough. But I think Mahomes' narrative is great. But Tua's narrative is just even better. It's yeah, it's, it's different. It's even yeah, better. It's different. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, different. it's a narrative-driven award, and both of them have great narratives. Tua's is just slightly better, in my opinion. And yeah, but, I'll, I would have to agree at the, for, at this very moment. Yes. At this very moment, and it, it, it's yeah. subject to change. You know. Yeah. It, it's weird that we're talking about an MVP candidate, and it's like I like part of me still doesn't believe he's gonna keep playing this well. Because he's just so like like I just haven't even fully wrapped my head around it, you know. It's like yeah. Patrick Mahomes. You expect you know this weekend, week out. Josh Allen similar, which is why when he doesn't do that, it's a big talking point. Tua, although he's putting himself up there in terms of the numbers, it's like, are we still one hundred percent expecting this yet? Are we at that point? I don't know. So it's it, it's just crazy that we're even having this conversation in the grand scheme. Yeah. Like if if you told me at the start of the season we'd be having this conversation, I would have said. Well, it's, I wouldn't even have known what this. I, I, no, I yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. It, it but, is unbelievable. You know, absolutely. But you know, this is something we've been holding off for a little bit now. I think we're finally finished up with American football. Oh yeah. Now it's time to get into the biggest tournament. Woo! Uh, Let's go. The biggest tournament of the year of and the biggest tournament possibly ever the fifa world cup it's we're finally world cup month it's world cup week it's literally days away we're days away it's about to kick off the world the beautiful game and i just want to get our before anything starts i want to put our predictions out there and just have have that out and see how we do see how close we get so I know you wanted to do this uh, a little bit different to the pick'em style, so I'm, yeah. I want you to tell me from a group A to group H who you have finishing one and two uh, each, each of those okay. groups. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and start off group A. Senegal winning the group, and Netherlands finishing second. Okay. Group B, I got England finishing first, and I got USA finishing second. Group C. I got Argentina finishing first, Poland finishing second, Group D, France finishing first, Denmark finishing second, Group E, Germany finishing first, 
and Spain finishing second. Group F, Belgium finishing first and Canada finishing second. Group G, Brazil finishing first, Serbia finishing second. And Group H, Portugal finishing first and Uruguay finishing second. Okay. Dude, I... I I love I fucking love the World Cup so dude just talking about this shit makes me giddy that I I want to see all these I can't wait games. bro I literally can't wait but uh I we had some differences but you know well, um you'll you'll hear them now I guess starting off yeah. with mine so in Group A I got uh, same as well I got Senegal and I got mm-hmm. Qatar wait what and I got Qatar yeah I got Qatar so Group A <laughs> Senegal and Qatar Group B give me England. And the USA. Group C, give me Argentina and Mexico. Group D, France and Denmark. Group E, I got Germany and Spain. Group F, I got Croatia and then Belgium. Okay. Group G, I got Brazil and Cameroon. And Group H, I got Portugal and Uruguay. Okay. That's what I got. Uh, hold on, and- hold on. Qatar? I got Qatar. Look, 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 look. I think that the you know the the refs are gonna be leaning a lot of a certain way to Qatar. We always we exactly exactly. There's always weird shit that happens when the home country gets to be in the World Cup. They had the doping scandal. The doping scandal, like, dude. I think they're gonna make it out the group because. Group A is not a very strong group anyway. I don't think it would be completely crazy that Qatar actually get to the round of 16. Uh, I, so I I'm, think the Netherlands are a solid team, but even I didn't pick them to win the group. I, you know? I got I got to pick some type of ups, upset somewhere because, you know, it, it's, it's, gonna, it's bound to happen. The, the, because we're, we're, we, having, we skipped over the fact that we're, we're both predicting France to break the curse, to finally break the damn curse of you know the yeah. world cup champion not not making out the yeah. group we'll, we'll, we'll speak on france you know as a yeah. team you know after we give our full predictions here because they're yeah. obviously a huge talking point yeah but yeah so i mean now my main, round, my main thing yeah. I, I just i was just blown away about qatar for a second here but i understand <laughs> why you did it but i think you can make the comparisons between them and russia obviously but i feel like russia was just a better russia team did have, have pretty good players Den- denny sherichev and stuff like yeah, that some quality yeah. I can't honestly, honest to God, I can't name a single player on the Qatar national team. <laughs> I can't I either. I, I don't. Can't, I cannot either. You, you, if you play the FIFA World Cup mode, you can't even like you can't even pack one of them. You don't even I, know who they well, are. I don't think any of them have player faces, but <laughs> like any pictures. I don't think they took any pictures of them. But our Group B was was the same. Group C was different. I'm surprised you didn't have Mexico there. So you just think Mexico is pulling up to go home? <laughs> well, Mexico, <laughs> they're a little bit of a banged up team, and ultimately. You know, we've seen they're they're not quite the same Mexican team. You know, they have some quality players. Obviously, they got Choco Lozano. It's going to be interesting Chucky. to see exactly how they all play. But I would just say they're a little bit too banged up. You know, Tecatito Corona not going to be, you know, playing. That's a huge loss. You know, they, they just have some things that they're missing. You know, I think Poland, obviously, they got you know, led by Lewa. Lewandowski. You know, they have a solid team. You know, Argentina, for me, they're, you know, they're winning that group quite yeah, handily. Group. Yeah. But then... You know, it's going to be interesting to see between Poland and Mexico who can quite pull it out. I got to give the edge to Poland, though. Yeah, I that's understandable. But, like, 
I just think the history of Mexico in this competition, they've always been, you know, perennial. Yeah. They always get to the round of 16. And, we know what, it, with... and then we know what happens in the round of 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I, I, I'm going to trust with the, with, with my boys and I, I'm going to have them go through <laughs> your group, boys, my boys, group D we, we agreed on France and Denmark group B. We agreed on a group yeah. F you, you didn't have Croatia coming out. At, yeah. At all, you know, right? it, it's one of those things, you know, like like you uh, kind of reiterated, you know, you got to kind of have an upset somewhere. And, you know, it's it's tough, you know, because Croatia, they obviously have quality players. My issues is not necessarily, I think Croatia is a bad team. I just think Canada, you know, they might be a little bit slept on in the in the grand scheme of things because I think Canada is a pretty yeah, damn good team. I, I, you know? I, yeah, definitely. You know, because like, Canada's coming in this World Cup as like they, they, they didn't expect to be in Qatar. They had no idea oh, that yeah. even uh, yeah. You told any of these players are like they, they probably had vacations already planned around this time. They probably had to cancel them and go to Guitar. It's like shit. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think we were gonna be literally. There. It's and, one of those uh, things. They they were the best team in Concacaf World Cup qualifying, better than USA, yeah. better than Mexico. There's no reason for me to believe they can't carry on this form into the World Cup and potentially knock off a Croatia in a one-off game. And, and you know finish second in the group you know I, I could realistically see them beating belgium this group is is up for grabs for me because i could see belgium bit. losing i could see croatia you know sneaking in there i could see canada doing well it's a little bit up for grabs for me you know but i think belgium given you know they have such quality players even still even though some of them are kind of washed you yeah, know edin yeah. Hazard, things yeah, of that nature yeah. but they still have enough to get you know number one yeah, in the i mean they, they got kevin de bruyne and uh, lukaku courtois like they still have a very. They still have the core that team. makes them very good. Even exactly. I think to to an extent Croatia do. They still have Luka Modric and. Oh yeah. It's it's leaving my brain now. The striker for Juventus now. I think you, you know his um, name. Blahovic. Blahovic. He's doing pretty good, having a, a pretty solid season, and you know, I think Croatia has a little bit more like foundational players than 100%. Canada. But oh, hundred percent. I'm not going to Canada. But Canada, I yeah, I think Canada has a, a little bit more maybe of a connection together that you know they're playing with house money in hundred percent exactly, that, like, and I and, and I like that. Yeah, so I that's not something I'm super uh, like you know shocked. All you picked that, but uh, then group group G, I had Brazil. We had Brazil finish first. Who did you have? Like, I had I, I had Serbia. Serbia. That's kind of you know like it, bro. And and I said this to you when I was originally making my predictions. This uh, after Brazil, any one of the te- <laughs> any, any one of those teams could win the group. Whoever or not win the group, to, finish yeah. second. I mean, yeah, you finish second. And yeah. any one of them could. You know, Cameroon. I wouldn't be surprised. Serbia. I wouldn't be surprised. I forgot. Was it Switzerland? Serbia has some pretty good players. Uh, I think it was. Was it, was it Switzerland who was the other one in the group? I could see I them think doing it. Was Switzerland. It. Exactly. I, I could see close. Switzerland. They're a solid team. It's it's a lot of. It's just so even. Yeah. You know, it's like Cameroon could you know easily finish second. So you know, Serbia could easily. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not going that far. I hope you aren't going that far. No, I mean, no, but you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust a legend in Samuel Eto that they're gonna make it out the group. I'm gonna trust the legend, you know. Hey, I, I can't blame you for that. And uh, group Group H, we agreed on that. I think Port- Portugal, yeah, Portugal finished first. Which uh, that Uruguay. one is, dude. I think that that one might be the most competitive one to who who's gonna try and get first. I think. U- Uruguay is really good. No, yeah. and and and, and yeah. I, I was gonna say I, I, t- first, I kind of expected, you know, because of your uh, romance affair with Fede Valverde, that I thought if you 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 were potentially gonna put them first, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you have them making a run. The, you know, we'll, we'll see yeah, that in a second here. The 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 only thing with them, you know, uh, Fede's uh, playing very 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 well. 
is just I don't trust Darwin Nunes very much to you know yeah. lead, lead this team into you know to yeah, be a strike force like be, Luis Suarez has been for it's gonna be, it's God be, knows how long. I think it's going to be Suarez and uh, Suarez and, Nunes. It's worse than new. I don't know how. I can't wait to watch it. I'll say that. I don't know how it's going to play, though. Yeah, I, I don't know how, if it's going to equivalent to playing good, but like. I, but it's going to be fun to might, watch. We might see some like 1980 style football where yeah, there's no be, rules. That is just like I, these I, guys are, you know. But It's um, going to be interesting. You know, I think it's one of them things, you know, although. I necessarily don't quite have 100% faith in Darwin Nunes either. I could also see it going the opposite way, and Darwin Nunes has an amazing World Cup. It could yeah, go either they, way. Because they could play to his uh, his strength. And he could just get in a good run of form at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, we saw him be able to do that for Liverpool. You know, get into, you know, he scored two goals. Yeah, he's starting to so, somewhat get it. So, like, he's he's coming into the World Cup confident. I'm yeah. not. I'm not over here guaranteeing that he's going to be anything too crazy, you know. But he had like we know there's a reason Liverpool paid that price tag, and there's a reason, you know, we speak about him in the way that we do because mm-hmm. he has that potential, and we know he's a quality player. It's just can he put the pieces together? It remains to be seen. It's going to be interesting. But if anyone is going to be able to teach him and and get him to do it, it's going to be Luis Suarez. It's Luis Suarez, yeah. And I'm pretty it's sure just, Cavani is there as well. I think he's still in the squad. And it's always being around veterans of the game, you know, of, of that sense. But I still have Portugal finish, finishing above. Yeah, but, yeah, because the Portugal squad, you know, it, dude, it's it's, it, a, it's a it's deep crazy squad. to me like how deep that like how deep that squad is. And that's and what I'm and not, that's what some injuries, man. They have no Jota, yeah, no no Jota. But the fact that you know we're gonna touch on it later of that, I think they're like um I don't hear a lot of people talk about Portugal, and I think they're a crazy like under the radar dark horse just because a lot of the thing with the Cristiano Ronaldo situation. There again, we will get into later. And uh, you know, I think uh, we should just move into our round of sixteen. Our our thoughts. I'll let you go first on it. All right. On how your bracket's going off. All right. So my bracket starts off here with Senegal playing USA in the round of sixteen. I'm taking the USA to get this dub. I'm taking the USA. And then, you know, the next game that it would be Argentina playing Denmark. I'm taking Argentina in that. My next game after that would be England versus Netherlands. And I'm taking the Netherlands. Okay. France versus Poland would would be the next game. And I have to give the edge to France on that. You know, I have to take France there. And then Germany would play Canada. And I got to take Germany in that game. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just a well-oiled machine. And then whew, this game would be this game would be something special this, here. This is the one we we have the similar one. This this would be the game of round sixteen. Brazil versus Uruguay. Oh my, that would be a good game. <laughs> oh, but sh- but I just have to take Brazil in that game at the end of the day. Well. And I will hear yours. But then, yeah, uh, the next game would be Belgium and Spain, and whew, that's going to be another good game. Could make the argument for either way, but I'm I'm going to take Belgium. Okay, and then. The final game of my round of 16 would be Portugal playing Serbia, and I'm taking Portugal. Fair. It's fair. Yeah. So do you, do you want me to finish my whole bracket off, or do you want to do it like round by round? No. Um, oh, we'll do a round by round. We'll round okay. By round. And uh, my my game on my bracket start, starts off with same Senegal, USA. I, I got the U.S. going through that. Yeah. Argentina, Argentina, Denmark. Give me Argentina. England versus Qatar. This is the game we. Ha- <laughs> I mean, this is the game we need. England versus Qatar. 
the the clash of the fans i have to see it you know that would be that would be my ctv the 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 england fans that can't take their shirt off you know in in the stadium and uh i have england winning so that's okay. a, a guitar that's as far as you go for me <laughs> i gave you a little bit that's as far as you go then i got actually a pretty a, a pretty cool pretty cool matchup france versus mexico and i got france moving on yeah then and mine mine that was different a pretty good marquee good game germany versus belgium the battle of the flags of the same color yeah and <laughs> i got i got belgium winning that i'll, t- I'll take oh, a, wow. Be- well, okay. i'll take benjamin that and then the next one that would be i think no matter what this is the game of the round brazil versus uruguay i got brazil yeah, it's gonna that. be an amazing game if that does. It's gonna be a good though. game. Unfortunate if it, ter- it comes out to that because Uruguay is a really good team. And they like, they you know, deserve to go farther. They yeah, deserve to go farther, but like you know, rubber meets the road. But uh, then I got next. I got a pretty good game: Croatia, Spain, and I got Spain getting getting by. You know, I think they got a, uh, a lot of young players in that team yeah, that are they do. gonna gonna uh, take oh, boy, them. Gavi. God, oh my fucking Gavi. More Pedri. I'll take Pedri over Gavi. But um. Then in the next round, I got Portugal versus uh, Cameroon, and I uh-huh. got Portugal going through. Okay, on that one. So that's what I got. Wow. Hey, uh, they're, they're, like although the matchups might not all be the same, you know, it, it, there's a lot of similar teams going forward. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when it starts getting closer to the end, I think we're gonna have uh, similar teams. Yeah, just somewhat different matchups, but you know. yeah, exactly, exactly. But, so my quarterfinals, you know, we have a, this is the same for us. USA and Argentina. Look, I would love to say USA is going further, but this is where it ends, my boys. This is where it ends. Argentina goes forward. They win that game quite handily. Germany versus Brazil. The rematch. The game we've been waiting for. (laughs) Brazil gets their revenge. Brazil moves forward past Germany. And then Netherlands versus France. You know, it'd be an interesting one. Netherlands, you've went far. You're not making it past this one. France takes yeah. the dub on this one. And then my final quarterfinal matchup, Belgium versus Portugal. Belgium I'm versus- taking Portugal. It's fair. It's fair. You know, I I can't really, obviously ours, ours is going to be different, but I can't yeah. really agree, uh, disagree with most of the things you said. I I kind of you know fucked up. I lost my quarterfinals thing, so I'm filling it out literally right now, so I can get the matchups correctly. So give me like fucking five seconds, Jesus. So boom, 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 boom. Jeez, bottled it. <laughs> I've I've completely fucked it. Wait, what does even make sense? Oh my god, I might literally have to skip my quarterfinals. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, I don't know how I've done that. Why not? Because I go from round of 16 to semifinals. So I think I've completely bottled it. But literally, the people that I have advancing to the semifinals would be Argentina, Brazil playing in the semifinal. And then the other, other side of the semifinal would be France and Portugal. So, oh, so it's, it ends up working out the same way. Yeah. Like, you know, we still end up having that. So, so my, wait, we, we we have completely kind of different matchups in the grand scheme of things, but we've wait, so, but, but both of us have managed to work it down to a semifinal. Yeah, Argentina, Brazil, France, Portugal. Oh, baby, the the storylines with these no, matchups, be, the storylines, be, because the it's it's literally two rematches. The rematch exactly, of twenty sixteen Euro Euro final 
and then a rematch of just what of the Copa America, of the Copa America that just passed that Brazil, the Brazil lost to. This man. is I, man, I love the World Cup, man. What a <laughs> what matchups these would be, man. This is just unbelievable that we could that we could be blessed with. But I'll uh, I think since I bought the last one, I'll I'll, I'll try and go first on this one. Uh huh. So for the first semifinal, Argentina versus Brazil. Ooh. I got Argentina advancing past Brazil once Ooh. again. I I think um, Argentina have just this different mentality that 100%. they're beyond they're beyond Brazil at this at this very moment. But we'll we'll touch on we'll that more because we have points of Argentina. But the semifinal, France versus Portugal. Come on, we know what we want to see, man. The dream has to die. Oh. I got, I got France. I got France winning. I got France advancing in that, beating Portugal. Unfortunately, even even with the uh, Christopher and Kunku news, that is uh, yeah. Um, even with the which Nkunku I'll touch news, on in a little bit yeah. here. I got that noted. So yeah, yeah. Even with the Kunku news, I think France are just so so deep and like and that uh they're they're gonna be wanting to repeat more than you know. I think that. I think it's going to carry them to a certain extent past uh-huh. a, a certain amount of teams. And when it comes against Portugal, I think they're going to get get their revenge on them because in that twenty, even that even though it was so long ago, they're going to have completely different. Uh, th- this is still fresh on a lot of those those players' minds, and I think they're going to get the, get that one back. Yeah, yeah. So in my but, semifinals matchups, Argentina versus Brazil. Rematch of the Copa America. I'm taking Argentina. I have Argentina advancing to the finals. I'll get into why I believe so when we talk mm-hmm. further in depth about Argentina. We're also talking depth about Brazil. But moving forward to my other semifinal matchup, France, Portugal. For you, the dream dies. For me, the dream, the dream. lives on. Portugal <laughs> advance. We get the dream matchup we've been oh, waiting our entire God. lives for. Argentina versus Portugal final. This is what we want to see. This is what the world wants to see. The world will stop. Time will stop when this matchup happens, if it does actually happen. And I think it's happening. I think it's happening. It, you know, I as badly as my heart wants wants that final, I just my my logic is just like. It's, it's too good. It's too good to it possibly is. come it is, true. It is too good to be true. I will it's agree with that. It's too good to have a final that would literally be Cristiano Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi. That's <sighs> that's almost like – I know for a fact, in, in Ar- let alone like most other countries, in Argentina and Portugal, th- those would be called off holidays. Like no one would be no one would be doing anything else other than watching. <laughs> I think the whole world would do that. Like I said, the whole world would stand still. Yeah, because it's just so many factors that – the World Cup final is the biggest. Just single, alone, just alone uh, is as the it biggest is. game. But then you, but then you Argentina, add Portugal. Oh my! You God. add the the uh, the greatest player of all time and the second greatest player of all time. People that are you know, if if Ronaldo got a World Cup over Messi. Oh my! It's God. it's it's literally like you know the I I don't even know how it it's such a close conversation that it's almost like immune that they, they just cancel each other out but you know that that's what you think's gonna happen i i want it to happen but i can't I think every, you know, I, everyone I, wants I, it to happen i gotta uh air on the side of you know what i think is more logically gonna happen yeah 
But so, do you want to finish off your bracket? Who? I'll, yeah, let's finish it off. I'll, I'll Who is going to win the final, and then obviously the third place as well? And we can't we can't act like an Argentina France final doesn't have storylines. Oh in no, itself. of course that it does. the fact the fact Mbappe that versus Messi, Mbappe versus Messi. You know, you know, like teacher versus student. Yeah, yeah. and the and the fact that the last World Cup, uh, France were the one to come out of no like because we Argentina were leading in the in that game they played against each other and 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 uh, Argentina were unlucky to like to run into the the champion the soon to be exactly. champion so they early they were and um you know I think the rematch this is this is probably the thing that Argentina a lot of these Argentina players probably really want this matchup. They yeah. they want to play France again, and you know, me want I I want to see a South American team win. I'm tired of seeing the fucking uh, Europeans yeah. win this all the uh, damn time, man. Fuck off. I I want to see a South American team, so that's why I have Messi finally doing it and winning his World Cup. I I have I have him finally doing it because they got have the them, team to do it. You have them knocking off France and winning knocking the World off Cup. France, you know. And not we didn't mention we mentioned Mbappe versus Messi. We didn't mention Benzema, who is Ball, yeah. Ballon d'Or winner. But, took you know, his Ballon d'Or, you know. Took his Ballon d'Or, but you know. So, so then, then, who third, would you have third, finishing third? Yeah, third place round is Brazil versus Portugal, and I think this is third place. You know, I I, I just think Brazil's going to take it because yeah. Portugal's not really going to care for it. It's like yeah, you know, yeah, I can agree with that. It's like yeah. So. The world stops on its head. <laughs> everyone and their mom, their their grandma, their grandpa, everyone is watching this game. Argentina versus Portugal, my predicted final. I have to say, Argentina will win the game. Argentina and Lionel Messi win the World Cup over Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal. It would just be the spectacle of all spectacles. It would be his, his 1,000th career game. He's ever played. It's just, it'd be unbelievable. It looks as if, you know, we saw, we, we, we've seen and we continue to see it, you know, this Argentina team seems to be, you know, like it's, it's primed for this moment. Yeah. You know, everything has come together at the right time. Di Maria has magically made his fitness. He's <laughs> he, back. He, he's freaking squeezing all he has left out of it for this one last run, one last they, ride. They, they got a they got a lethal striker in Lautaro Martinez. They got Rodrigo DePaul, who's playing amazingly. They got a, a, a proper manager who's led him on this 35-game yeah, yeah. unbeaten streak. All signs for me point to Argentina being able to pull this out, and it just would be that much better if it's the Argentina-Portugal final that, oh my God, we have, we just all want we all want it. But it's, then it's in my third place, yeah. my third place uh, would be Brazil versus France. And I have to go ahead and uh, give Brazil the edge there. I think Brazil would uh, take the dub and uh, would be third place. But obviously that's not what they're looking for at the end of the day. They're looking to yeah. win this tournament. It would be disappointing. For, and both of these teams, France and Brazil, if they're playing in the third place game, both of them would be considering that a disappointment because they're looking to win this tournament at the end of the day. Yeah. Jesus, a World Cup. But you know, so, what we had, then what we wanted to do after we we went through that, we wanted to go through our individual awards, and I think obviously a lot of them can be guessed by how we predicted the brackets to go. But I'll I'll let you go first, and uh, asking you, who do you think is going to win the Golden Boot? Who's going to have the most goals in this World Cup? 
my golden boot winner, you're going to love to hear this. I have Karim Benzema winning the golden boot. I think he's primed to have a great World Cup. He wants to really prove himself on this stage. We know what Benzema is. He's the ball and door winner. He's, you know, he was injured, but, he, you know, that's also resting for a sense. You know, he's 100% fit and rested, ready for this moment. You know, France won the 2018 World Cup without him. Without so I think I think he really wants to take this opportunity and prove himself at the national team and say, you know, I know y'all won the 2018 World Cup, but I'm I'm still here. I'm him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm the guy. And I think I can imagine him having a great World Cup. And I think Mbappe also will have a great World Cup. And it's going to be interesting because he's probably going to take away a couple goals that you know Benzema could also mm-hmm. have. So they could kind of cancel each other out from winning the Golden Boot. But I think, you know, given uh, how Benzema's been playing at the club level, I think, you know, he'll probably be taking pens as well. You know, all things considered, he's probably going to get that. And it seems as if, you know, given history, six goals is the threshold. Five to six goals is the threshold to win Golden Boot at the World Cup. And I think Benzema has a realistic, really good chance at doing that because they're going to pretty much be playing all the way until the third place game, which is the maximum amount of matches you could play. And... You know, I think Benzema, if France are going to go even that far, Benzema is going to have to bag a good amount of goals. So I think he has a great chance of winning it. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you want to go uh, go through your entire awards? Do you want to go no, like, pass I, I'll, it I'll, I'll, I'll pass the question back okay. to you and get your Golden Boot winner. Who do you think is going to win Golden Boot? This this one, I, I had to think about it for a little bit. But, you know, then then I just thought I can almost completely forgot as well that I that I I picked the same guy you did at Kareem Benzema. Oh. That I think uh you know he's coming at this World Cup with a vengeance to the fact mm-hmm. that he wasn't in the last one, and he he definitely felt that he should have been in it. But you know 100%. obviously the controversies with that, yeah, <laughs> you know what was going on there is a lot different. But now he's back in the squad, you know coming off a of Ballon d'Or. He's uh he's been a little banged up for club, but I think you know, he's been like being ultra ultra cautious because like even now, you can't even go to training for you for your team. Like you you cuckoo's getting injured in training and shit. It's like dude, this, this shit's you know you gotta be very very careful because this yeah. this thing comes by every four years. It's not like yeah, exactly. something that you only get it next year. But um, I think uh, Benzema will be taking the pens for them as well, and you know that plays a lot into. Golden Boo, who takes pens Harry Payne countries, and I think Harry Payne. But uh, I think just the poacher Benzema is. He's just always there. He's he's camping around around the box, and I think he's primed to win this award. Yeah, that's what I think. Hundred percent, a hundred percent, and obviously I agree with that. I think it is you know going to be his award, but ultimately there's obviously a lot of guys it could be. You know, it's just. You never know, you know. Yeah. I don't think anyone, anyone, nobody predicted Hamas Rodriguez to win Golden Boot when he won it. You know, this is it's the World Cup. It's the beauty of yeah. the World Cup. So, uh, I don't know what award you wanted to move on to next. Oh, I uh, the next one I got uh, up is uh, who do you got winning the gold, uh, the Golden Ball? But I think we're, <laughs> we kind of know, you know, like, who's gonna win the best player t- uh, of the tournament? It's obvious. Lionel Messi <laughs> is winning his yeah. second golden ball. He should have had the World Cup title to go with it in 2014. He just got the golden ball. Well, this time he's coming to get both. He will be getting both. I like realistically, your golden ball winner kind of correlates with who you have winning the World Cup. 
or you know getting at least that kind of that far and you know i think argentina are primed to have an amazing tournament and messi is going to be the guy that's that's behind that you know if messi doesn't have a great tournament messi isn't if messi doesn't have a great tournament argentina they aren't going you know to the heights we expect them to go it's just what it is so it's pretty self-explanatory i gotta have Lionel messi winning this award absolutely and I, I have Messi as well, and I think there's not really much I can add more to what you said. It's just he's Messi. He's going to get the World Cup. He's going to get the award. And uh, Exactly. The next one up uh, that I got on my list is who do you think is going to be winning the best young player? You know, this is obviously going to be an interesting one. For me, and I rate this guy so, so highly, I have Jamal Musiala of Germany winning the best young player award. This guy has been the catalyst behind Bayern Munich this season. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And I just think he's primed to have an amazing World Cup and really cement himself on the world stage. You know, I think Musiala, he is just so, so good. And he's going to be able to do that for Germany. He's going to play a big role in this team. And I think Musiala is uh, ultimately going to take home this award. But there's obviously a lot of candidates. There, there, there is a lot of candidates. I mean, I, I, I looked at a couple of lists of like favorites, and I didn't even see his name there. I, don't know, I guess you're just pulling that one out of your ass. But, you know, I, I guess you, you can believe I what you want to believe. I looked at list, and I saw him on there. So I don't know. We're just looking at different lists. I don't know. Right. Looking at different lists, but uh, I, I think that. The the best young player that's going to be in this tournament is going to be one Vinicius Junior. I think, I think that the fact that he's basically the second go to on that Brazil team, he's going to be the second best player on that Brazil team, depending on what if Neymar is can even stay fit. Hopefully, he can. Yeah. Obviously, it. I want to see the best players there, but you know, it's like you know, one A to one B. I think name uh, Vinny is going to be one of the leading teams. That if Vinny's Vinny and Neymar are playing good, this Brazil team is going to go very far. But uh-huh. you know, him being him being uh, Vinny and I, I, Vinny's had a great season. He's he's followed up his you know his really really good last season with a pretty good you know a good follow up. And I think it's going to lead it yeah. to the World Cup. It's his first World Cup, so he's going to want to he's going to want to you know show the world on the world stage. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm- Look, I know you well, man. I I I, I knew you were picking Vinicius Junior. You know, I, I, I knew it, it was Vinicius or Camavinga. I was gonna, oh I, I was gonna, oh Tushimeni. one of those, one of those. I knew you were gonna pick one of the Madrid boys. You know, I, I knew. <laughs> it's, uh, it's only so the final award, Golden Glove. The final award, the Golden Glove winner, and this one I actually didn't know. It was kind of hard to pick. I didn't I didn't know who to pick exactly so i'm just gonna pass it off to you i i had a guy that i ended up eventually picking but i didn't think it was that like runaway because usually with no. this award it's kind of hard to predict it's really hard to predict you're gonna like my answer here i have the best goalkeeper in the world Thibaut courtois winning the golden glove once again you know i just think if belgium are going to do anything in this tournament i don't think they're winning the tournament or anything like that but if they're going to do anything at all they're going to have to not concede that many goals per se. And obviously Thibaut Courtois is going to be the main reason behind that. We know just how good of a goalkeeper he is. 
He's an amazing stop uh, shot stopper. I realistically don't think that Belgium is going to put themselves in a position to concede too many goals, you know, although you can't predict like, you know, random VAR handball pens that yeah. they might be given and stuff like that. Yeah. In the run of play, I don't see Courtois being beaten that that much, you know, and, you know, it's a tough award to predict, as you said. So I'm going to lean with the best goalkeeper in the world and I'm going to go Courtois. That, that's fair. That's fair. Um, where, where I came from it more that uh, I kind of looked at it as that which team went the, was going to go the furthest and which one th- therefore would have the best goalkeeper. So I don't think um, – even though Argentina have a pretty solid um, goalkeeper, Martinez, I don't think he's going to you know be, be do like you know have to be called upon that much as like a team that – has gone out because you have to think about that Cornwall had a lot of chances to you know show show his class because they were giving up chances they were giving up a lot of yeah. chances for um you know get shots on goal and I don't think Argentina are gonna definitely get a lot more defensive and try and protect the uh, you know from getting shots off but um my pick was Allison Becker from Liverpool so I, I think you know the, Brazil. I, I got them finishing third. I think they're going to go pretty far in the in the tournament. And they Brazil can tend to, you know, not the greatest team of all time. So they can give them shots. And Allison's going to you know just do not have a pretty World Cup and you know yeah. get the get the award. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things. Yeah. You know, I I could see Allison. It's not know. like yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those words like you know there is kind of almost no bad answer. It's kind of like unless you're choosing like the Qatar goalkeeper, you know, like you choose any of the top ones. Like you choose you can choose Hugo Lloris. I mean, it's not like a crazy thing. It's like if you predict them to go really far, it's like you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I I agree with that. I think it's one of those things. It's 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 one of the it's the award that's most up for grabs per se. You know, every award is up for grabs. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That award is like the most unknown. You know, where it's like. I mean, there's so many quality goalkeepers. It's just going to come down to who is in the best situation and who's doing the best at this particular moment. And also whose defense is doing the best, you know, because yeah. it, it's a, it's an award that is kind of dependent on other people. You know, your defense has to be doing its job. And also you have to get lucky and not, yeah. ultimately, you know, you can save a pen, but you don't want to be giving up that many pens, if any. Yeah, that's the money. But, so, yeah, I... It is one of those one of those awards, but going into sticking on you know Allison to Brazil, Brazil yeah. coming into this tournament, our tournament favorites. I wanted to get your your opinion on is that type of is that warranted that you think they should be your their deserved favorites going into this World Cup. I think you know all things considered, they it's not surprising that they're the favorites. I'll say that. You know, you look at that squad when they they were one of the first teams I think to release their twenty six man squad for the World Cup. And my God, you look at this squad down the line, and you're just like, Jesus, man, this is a team is loaded. Ultimately, it's not surprising that they're the favorites. However, you know there are clear weaknesses in this team, you know, or a weakness in this team, and it's the fullbacks. They have a fullback issue. Their fullbacks are just not that good if and I, I don't want to say ass but they're kind of ass. Danilo? Danny 
Yeah. Says Alexandro and Alex Tejas. If you're gonna, Alphans. if you're gonna find a weakness with this team, it's that. And is 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 that gonna be the reason why they don't win the World Cup? I don't have them winning the World Cup. You know, I, I'm not gonna over here say the fullbacks are the hundred percent the reason, but it's definitely not gonna help. You know, and ultimately Tite is a little bit of a stubborn manager. You know, it'll be interesting to see what tactical uh, lineup choices he makes because on paper that squad is good. But Tite, he's a stubborn guy and he likes his guys who he 100% believes in. So it's going to come down to is he going to take the guys he 100% likes the most and who he believes in or is he going to play who's playing the best, actually? It, we remain, it remains to be seen. And, you know, obviously Brazil's resume speaks for itself. You know, they went undefeated in 17 South American World Cup qualifiers. And... You know, I can say Tite is stubborn, but he's won 57 out of 76 matches, which is a 75% win rate as Brazil's manager. And obviously that's expected, you know, to a certain extent because it's Brazil and, you know, they're, you know, that, that footballing nation everyone kind of first thinks of, you know, yeah. it's like, but, you know, they have only one loss in the last two years. And that loss is 2021 Copa America final to Argentina who I ultimately have them losing to. You know, I, it's going to take a top, top, top team to beat Brazil, and it's going to take, even from a top, top team, it's going to take a top, top performance. But, you know, my, me picking Argentina to win the tournament is, is not uh, hating on Brazil, or it's not me saying that Brazil is bad in any way, shape, or form. It's just I think Argentina is the team of destiny. And Brazil... They're just, it's just going to be another unlucky tournament for them. You know, it's just not quite yeah. meant to be for them, in my opinion. It's just not quite meant to be. The, the stars haven't aligned. It's mm -hmm. nothing to do with their quality or anything like that. On paper, they probably have the best squad. I just don't quite think they're destined to win the World Cup ultimately, though. They're that curse, they haven't won it since 2002. It's going to continue. They aren't winning yeah. it this yeah, year. No. I and I, I would agree to a lot of the same points that you made. Like they, they um, going through qualification, they they went undefeated. They went 14 wins, three draws, zero losses. And um, a lot of this, like you said, they have a fullback problem. And I think that they've had this problem forever that, you know, uh, they don't have that one player. I believe they don't have that one leader. You know, usually the teams that we pick that are going further, they have that one leader. Like France, they have, you know, that now they have Kareem Benzema. You know, Portugal, they have Ronaldo, Argentina, they have Messi. I don't see Neymar as that leader. As that guy. I, I can as agree that, that guy to to be the leader, you know, of like, you know, follow me. I, I will take you there. And I think that that comes down to the fact that they don't have a, a, a true really number nine. Gabriel Jesus has been really good this season, but I don't think that he's that number nine. Like I, I don't think is he a world cup winning number nine? I don't no, think so. I don't think so. And um I think when when like shit really hits the fan, I don't think they really have that guy that can that can guide them through it. And you know they they have a, they have somewhat of a midfield problem as well because they're going to be you know playing Casemiro who's pretty good, and then who who really else like Fred? You're going to play Fred? Yeah, or or, or or an out of form Lucas Paqueta or something. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah like their their midfield is not the the greatest. They got a solid center backs in Militao and um. Uh, Marquinhos, and then you obviously that they have Allison or Edison. I think they're going to choose Allison because Allison's always, yeah, always it, should, get the it, it, should, it should be Allison, should yeah. be Allison. And um, their front three is pretty good, obviously. With but 
then again, also depends on like, I'm hoping they, they play Vinny on the left because Vinny plays better on the left. Uh-huh. And if they play him out of position on the right, we won't, we won't see Vinny at his best. So it's just gonna, I'm curious to how they're going to structure this team up exactly. Cause yeah. we haven't really seen it at full strength. And uh, you know, now, now we're going to get a chance to see it. And you know they're 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 a great team, and they I think um, it's not crazy like I didn't throw my hands up to be like, well, they're World Cup favorites. But then again, you know, every World Cup favorite, there's never been a, a World Cup favorite that's won the World Cup. But leading yes, going, going into, into the, the tournament, tournament. there's never uh, every favorite has always never won the World Cup. So I think that's not going to change. And I like the point you made about you know on paper. You know, we know how good on paper this Brazil team is, but there's, you know, things like Vinny doesn't quite play as good on the right as he does the left and things like that. How is this team going to line up? And, you know, we know how good Vinicius Jr. is on his day, but is 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 Tite going to take into account that, you know, like you said, he plays better on the left than the right? Is he going to, you know, even though Vinicius is the better player, is he going to just put Anthony on the right because it's actually yeah. where he plays? You know, it's like one of those things, there are question marks throughout the side, not in terms of quality, but in terms of how they line up and how they gel as a unit. My thing with Argentina, who I ultimately think will beat them in the semifinals, we know exactly what Argentina is going to play, how they're going to play, and who's going to be playing where. And there's no ifs, questions, buts about it. You know, they're, they're a cohesive unit. Brazil, they have question marks about those things. So if you're if you're putting those two teams up side by side, who's gonna win this matchup? We saw it in the 2021 Copa America final. I'm gonna take the well-oiled machine who has already proven themselves as a cohesive unit, has the clear leader in Lionel Messi that this, these players are willing to die for. We're gonna get into Argentina, so not to mm-hmm. hound on yeah, them too yeah, much. Yeah. But I'm just gonna lean to other teams over Brazil because yeah. of the, that reasoning about. There's just question marks about how they're going to line up and be a cohesive unit. On paper, they have the best squad, but that does not always translate to the results. You know, it's not fantasy football. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would tend to disagree with you, but I get the point of what you're saying that like, they kind of have the best team on paper, but they, have, they still have a very, very stacked team. Like individual quality, I'm saying. Like yeah. when you just look at the, the squads, like you put you put Brazil's squad in terms of the the, the talent, and you put Argentina's squad. Brazil's oh, yeah, squad is to Argentina, better. Yeah, Brazil's squad is better. And, and and I think maybe the team that you're thinking is France. France but yeah. I, bro, we're gonna get into France next. Let's yeah. go ahead and segue. Let's go ahead and segue into France because yeah. I'm, you you seem to maybe rate them a little bit higher than I do, and I'm interested to 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 get your thoughts on France. I, I think if anybody should like have been uh, favorites just on paper purely, I think it should have been France. Because obviously with the news breaking of Nkuku's injury, we didn't obviously that before plays I, a huge role. Yeah, it plays a huge role in it. And but um uh before this before any of this odds came out, no one knew that he would. So I don't know how the fact there's a squad that's gonna have that that was gonna have but mostly does, still does have Benzema, Mbappe, Dembele, Nkuku, and Kingsley Komen with with Tushimeni and you know, um with, with those guys. Those players like that's literally like the dream team, redeemed team. That's like you know bring bringing up uh, like the super squad. It's like Jesus, like, all these guys together. And not to forget, Dembele's been playing pretty good. Yeah, Benzema, Ballon d'Or winner. <laughs> 
Mbappe, you know, Mbappe is Mbappe. Kingsley Coleman, pretty, pretty good player. And obviously don't have Nkuku anymore, but um, still France is always known for being super, super deep. We didn't mention uh, Antoine Griezmann, who's, who's just a veteran. He's always good to have a veteran there that's been there, done that. He's won the World Cup. And um, as how it will play into France defending their title, there, there's a reason um, it's been almost like, what, 50, 60 years. Like the last team to go back, there's only two teams in the history of football that have gone back to back in World Cups. I've won, you know, because they're four years apart. It's not, it's, it's so much harder to do because so much happens in those four yeah. years. The last teams to do it were Italy and Brazil. Italy did it in 1934 and then 1938. And then the most, the most recent one, when I say recent was one, what, was Pele Brazil. Days? 1958 and then 1962. That's yeah. the most recent that it's ever happened because of how hard it is to do. Yeah. And I think that's I, I have Brazil. Uh, no, I know I have France getting pretty close to doing it, but to be fair, you do. Yeah, I have them on the cusp of booing it, but I just don't think they can because of just how how many great teams there are before that just, that couldn't do it. Yeah. You know? And I'm just going to err with the side that they're probably not going to be at themselves as the third team to ever do it. Yeah. And it would be amazing if they did. Yeah. It, but uh, also does play with, you know, other key injuries now with Nkuku and, and not even before the fact that no Paul Pongolo that's, that's fucking. That's really hard to get by. They're gonna have exactly. to trust in Tushimeni and Kamavinga, two two players that this is they're gonna be their first senior World Cup. They've done good in, in, in the in the under U twenty one World Cup, but this is like this is the real deal now. It's the big leagues, and um, this is the leagues, and I think it might it just might be too much for them at this moment. And yeah. another thing is that uh, I don't know because this is the different Mbappe than from what we got in the last World Cup. And I don't know if that's a good thing because Mbappe has grown as a player, but almost negatively that I think his ego is quintuple the size that it was the, uh, when the, the, um, the 20, 2018 18. World Cup. 100%. Because he was World the Cup. kid. He was the new kid on the block. Yeah, he, he was a new kid, and, you know, the, the, the first kid since Pele to score in, in a World Cup final. <laughs> Pele. <laughs> but now... He's like he perceives himself as that guy, and I could you know affect teams play when you know that Benzema's coming back. That I know he respects Benzema, but Benzema's the 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 Ballon d'Or winner. That he's the best player in the world, and that could cause rifts and just how they play. Because I I don't know how that's we we haven't seen it really Benzema play with Mbappe. So I yeah. think that might that might cause something that they might not be on the same page a hundred percent, and I think that that's going to affect how they play, and that's why that's another reason that I don't have them beating an Argentina that are more cohesive. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those things. For me, France are a great team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting up here saying that they're not a great team, but I have fundamental issues with this French team, you know, or this French team right now. Look, I'm not saying that Kamavinga and, and Shomeni, Tushimeni are are bad players. 
I think that has to be the midfield duo for them. It has to be because they are clearly the best two options that they got. But beyond that, their midfield depth is not great. You know, the injuries of Pogba and Kante, you know, coming into the World Cup, those are huge, huge losses. You know, we don't, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. You know, they're bringing, you know, uh, Rabio Vera 2 from Rabio. Aston Villa. If, 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 if they got to make a sub or they just, if one of these guys gets hurt or something, like their midfield yeah, is trash. Their midfield is trash. You know, like, like it's, it's like Kemavinga and Tushimeni, they're good, but Kemavinga, he's still young, man. And, and Tushimeni as well. You're throwing them out there to be the the anchors of a team that potentially could be going all the way. I think it's just, I'm not doubting their ability or their quality. I just think it's it's gonna be tough, especially to fill the shoes of Kante and Pogba, who were so much of the reason that. They ultimately got to where they did. Obviously, Mbappe and everyone, you know, it was an amazing world-class team France was. Mm -hmm. But Kante and Pogba were so much of the reason why they were able to get to where they were. You know, Kante brought the best out of Pogba. He unlocked him, made him a whole different player than what we had seen at the time. And they're just not going to have that. Obviously, you know, they're making up for that in the sense because they're adding, you know, a Ballon d'Or winner, Karim Benzema. Mm -hmm. But... You know, this Nkunku injury that just, you know, just happened is extremely massive, you know, because, you know, I wasn't sure exactly, like, Nkunku broke onto the scene in the grand scheme of things. You know, he wasn't yeah. necessarily expected, you know, but uh, let's just be honest. He's a world-class player, and, you know, you had him, and now you don't. It's, 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 it's yeah. a loss. It's a loss. And, you know, I think Benzema is going to win the golden boot of this tournament, but that's me, you know, thinking that, he's going to gel well with this team, but there is still a, a possibility that that doesn't happen. And Benzema might not play as well as I think he will. And if he doesn't, then this team definitely has no chance. You yeah. know, I think they're obviously a great team, but Nkuku was projected to potentially be starting for this team. And now he's out for the whole World Cup. And, you know, you touched on him. Griezmann is a savvy veteran, but he mm -hmm. is not the same player that he was in 2018. The same guy, yeah. He, he comes he off the not. bench now for Atletico. He's a bench player, and now he's yeah. going to be thrown out into the fold as the, uh, you know, the, one of the guys for France. Obviously, you know, it's not quite 2018. Where he's he, not being, he's not being asked to be the guy or anything like that. But he still has to contribute. Yeah, and he, he can't do the same things in Kuku can do because Kuku no, can no. play almost both sides of the ball. He can he can get back. He can track back. Griezmann's not tracking back. He's not no. he's not pressing. You know, he's just more going to try and connect the play. Which is gonna, which is not a bad thing, but it's like he doesn't offer, he doesn't offer the, the things Nkuku would have offered you because Nkuku can facilitate as well as Griezmann can, but mm -hmm. Griezmann cannot, you know, get get back on defense the way Nkuku can. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And you know, plus going forward, you know, Griezmann, we know what he was, but even going but forward and scoring the goals, Nkuku. He's the talisman for RB Leipzig at this moment. He's their guy. He's the reason why they're even where they are, and you know, in terms of the yeah. club. And you know, Griezmann is just not quite. It's it's crazy to say it, but Griezmann is just not quite filling the boots of Mbappe or not Mbappe of, of Nkunku at the end of the day. He's just not quite filling the no, boots. He's he's, or, so, or Mbappe. No, he was definitely not Mbappe. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day. How Mbappe and Benzema both play, you know, it's it's amazing to have two gonna, yeah. you know, players of that quality. It's going to be 
key how they play together and how they gel. You know, we've seen uh, at times, you know, in the in the build up to the World Cup that you know the sparks and the flashes of how the two will be. It's just I can't see France going back to back because it's so difficult to do. But then also this France squad is just not as good as the 2018 one, and we thought mm-hmm. it would be. We thought, oh, we'll wait four years for Mbappe. How good he's going to be? He's still an amazing player, but there's just other issues with the team. Yeah, I, I just, this is no disrespect to them as players. I think they're amazing players. They're going to continue to be amazing players. I just find it hard to believe that Kamavinga and Tushimeni, being the anchors of this midfield, are going to lead this team to a World Cup victory. I find it very hard to believe. And then when their backups are Jordan Veratu, Jordan Veratu, and, and, and Adrian Rabio. It's 2022, and these are your guys. I, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to do what they were able to do in 2018. They have an amazing defense, and obviously Ugo Lloris is Ugo Lloris. They can win it. I'm not saying they can't. I would just be surprised, per se, and I just don't quite see it. I, you know, They're obviously going to do amazing things. They're going to make the semifinals, in my opinion, You know, like we predicted in our yeah, uh, prediction. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know one of those things. I just don't quite see them win the world cup which is obviously yeah, going to be yeah. the expectation it yeah, is the yeah. expectation uh, I, I would agree on that yeah so well, now well for both yeah. of us this is the champion yeah we're talking, this is, yeah. so you know argentina for, for you you know go a little bit more in depth as to you know why you believe this team will be the champions you know what do you like yeah. about them i think they finally have solved the they've solved almost every problem they've had since the 2014 World Cup that even going into the the 2016 even the Copa Americas that they lost to Chile this team seemed to be missing the spark that it needed that you know that they that they kind of had guys just guys that but they they played to like their regular level now Argentina Kind of, they're playing like they they truly believe in something. They believe in the idea of that they belong, and they're playing up to st- standards. Like some of these guys, like on paper, like is DePaul better than you know like Casemiro? No, but in this in this system that Argentina run, he's in, he's invaluable. You need oh, yeah. DePaul. No, DePaul is amazing for Argentina. You, you Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And there, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys, especially like you know. Their Argentina's left back and right back and their center backs. They're not the most well known people ever. Even even their goalkeeper Martinez, he doesn't play Aston for Villa. any. Yeah, he plays for Aston Villa. But when he plays for Argentina, even in that in that Copa America run, the fact that they're these guys are building a confidence in themselves, and I think that's what spread. And um, even the uh, when it came down to penalties, M- Martinez was was trash talking to these Colombian players, telling them that I know where you're gonna go. He's just building this confidence. This team it has a swagger to it now that it, it never had. Because when you go back and think, how how was Chile able to beat this Argentina team twice? How were they able to get by them? And it's because those Chile players had had an aura that they played up to. That you know when when they all got sent out to their clubs, they never played the same as they did for their nation. And 100%. now it they're they're flipping the switch that these Argentina players. They they may not play as good as the for the club, but when they come together, and they they come they finally are playing together, they play up, and they, everybody plays a little bit better. It's like what we expect from players when they they get to the playoffs. We want to see your numbers get better when when uh, more we get put on the stage, and that's what 
finally this this team has got. And weirdly enough, you know, with Messi getting older, Messi's still Messi. Is yeah. he as is he as good as he was in 2014? No, but is he good enough? Absolutely, hundred percent. He can he can do what he what he what needs to be done. And He's an elite facilitator I, still, yeah. obviously. And another problem was they didn't have like a really for some reason I don't, I never knew why Cunaguero never really got on with this Argentina squad. I don't know how him and Messi are best friends. It never worked. They wanted Higuain for all those years. God, I don't know why. But uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But now they finally have a number 9 that's wi- that's that's pretty consistent with how he scores. He's great. I, I I another Martinez. They have a they have a couple of Martinez in the, in, yeah. in this team. Latara Martinez. Latara Martinez playing very well and he, he gels well with, with this Argentina squad. And to mention that Di Maria Somehow is is squeezing whatever he has left for, <laughs> this guy's for unbelievable. Argentina. This this guy this guy scored an outside the boot volley today. And, oh and, my god! And like, what? Where is this guy getting this from? And it's like I thought Demer, he was injured. Demer is old. We were talking about that. He didn't. We didn't know if he'd make the squad, and he's out here just playing. And he, and he's you know he's doing what he has to do. And, and he was the reason you know not the reason per se, but he scored the goal in the Copa America final. In the Copa America final, like this. This guy is getting up, and he's he's like for club level, he's all right. But for Argentina, he's playing at a different level, 100%. at a way different level. And not to mention the fact that Dybala's on the bench. Like I know Dy, for some reason he's I never, never underst- quite kicked it off. I yeah. never understood why I think uh, Dybala never really like. I'm reading that Dybala doesn't get along with Messi. I don't know how the fuck that's possible, but you know. It's always at least you have a a player in the talent of Dybala on your bench. On the bench. You know? God knows if you if need you, a if you, if you need, need a goal, it, you put him on, and you know who knows is is uh, Dybala, but just how this team plays, they they also went unbeaten. They're they're on a thirty five game unbeaten streak. They haven't lost. They haven't, they're no, gonna, they're, they're, they're yeah. trying to break the all time record. They're trying to break the all time record, and I think that's something they could do because they believe they can, and they have the 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 swagger and belief that you know we have Messi and we we can't lose. 100%. These pl- these players are fully now playing for Messi. The goalkeeper's they, like, I'm going to win this that, yeah. for you. We're winning well, they, this for they, you. They elevate their performance for Messi. They, they are willing to run through the brick wall for Messi. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not sure if you saw this, but um, the, the, uh, did you see the um the clip of the the speech Messi gave before I was gonna, the halftime? Half it's I was like bring that up. The 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 fact that this team goes with him and they truly believe because I think Messi's one uh, one of the all time great leaders. That's why I think even with they don't have a team on paper that's good as Brazil. It's like you know when you look at this team, it's Messi and then their second best player is what um uh like Di Maria maybe or like you know like uh what from like that from on paper. But like when you go to Brazil, it's uh it's Neymar and Vinicius. Other than Messi, Vinicius is better than every other art player on this Argentina team, but he doesn't fit the role that they need. And these players fit the roles that they yeah. need to play, which make make them the one of the most well-rounded teams. And that's why we have them winning. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you've said pretty much. I mean, today we saw... You know, the, the pre-World Cup, yeah. we saw a taste, you know, we've seen 35 consecutive games of, <laughs> of the taste, per se. But it, everyone's getting involved. You know, we even seen a name you didn't mention, you know, coming off the bench. He's going to be coming off the bench. Julian Alvarez, 
you know, the Man City striker. He's getting along with Messi. He's just another example of a guy who he grew up idolizing Messi. He's a young player. Now he's getting that opportunity with Messi, willing to run through a wall for the guy. It's like these players, obviously they have great players, but when you compare it to a squad like Brazil, it's not the same level of just individual quality. Yeah. But I have to give massive, massive, massive credit to Lionel Scaloni because he has transformed this Argentina team. We saw it before with previous managers. They held this team back, and, and, uh, and I feel bad because you know they just weren't quite getting it done. But Scaloni is the guy. He is this guy. He, tactically, he is able to get it done with what this team has. He knows his players, and he knows what's going to work. You know, we saw it in, in the Copa America final. You're able to hold this Brazil attack and this Brazil team to, to minuscule chances. And obviously, they get a clean sheet in the match. It's one of those things. They are willing to do whatever it takes to win any tactical situation. They're prepared. They have a diverse team, a unique team as to where they can do multiple different things. You know, they can switch formations in the moment if they have to. They, they're versatile. And it's one of those things. You know, they are set to break Italy's World Cup, uh, not World Cup, Italy's unbeaten record unbeaten during record. the World Cup. You know, it, I think they will break this record during the World Cup. You know, it's just inevitable to happen. Uh, obviously, Giovanni Lacelso being injured for the tournament is a loss, but their midfield should be fine. And the fact that Angel Di Maria has made it, he's a fully fit, he's scoring goals like he did today. That is an amazing, amazing. Uh, that's amazing news for Argentina. Ultimately, they wouldn't have been able. They're not. They wouldn't have won the World Cup without him. It's yeah. just the fact yeah. they wouldn't have been able to do it. Uh, so, I mean, to be honest, you know, people forget Angel Di Maria didn't play in the 2014 final. You know, uh, he he couldn't play because he was injured. You know, people always say it could have been a different result then if Di Maria was fit. Hopefully, he's able to stay fit throughout the course of this whole tournament. If he is. I think Argentina, you know, obviously will go on and win this tournament. DePaul, yeah. like you mentioned, is going to be extremely important. He's like the 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 catalyst. What is it called? Catalyst. The, uh, the yeah. catalyst of this midfield. Yeah. Exactly. He like, the midfield is the general. It runs through him. He's he's that guy for them. Yeah. And then you know, I'm not quite sure exactly what their center back pairing is going to be, but they have Christian Romero from Tottenham. And you know, we, you know, we meant we heard about it in the Ronaldo interview. Ronaldo says that he gets a lot of credit. Lisandro Martinez, you know, he's a great, great center back. They, they, there's reports they might be going with Otamendi. I don't know that they'll be yeah. good either way. But I think Lisandro Martinez is great. You know, their fullbacks are, are decent. Emiliano Martinez, good goalkeeper. Just one of those things. They might not be the best team on paper. Paper, yeah. But when a push comes to shove, when rubber meets the road, this team. They're willing to die for Messi. And I think Messi obviously is going to have an amazing World Cup. That attack is going to do its thing. I think Lautaro Martinez is going to have an elite tournament. You know, like you said, you know, we did our golden boot predictions. And part of me was thinking, you know, Lautaro Martinez might might be in that mix. You know, I don't, I, he's going to score some goals. It's going to be, he's going to have a really good tournament. Mm -hmm. Didn't quite get, make my golden boot, you know, prediction, but he's going to have a good tournament. It's just one of those things. The opposite of Brazil, I think the stars have aligned. It's just time. It just, it just feels like it's time. I don't know. You obviously picked him as well. For me personally, I just get the feeling right now that it's Argentina. Like it just has to be. I don't know. It, it, you can call me crazy, call me weird. I just get a feeling. Like, like you can, you can feel it. This is Argentina's tournament. 
Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, think that, I think that comes from, you know, the points like, you know, will, they're willing to die for Messi. And it's like, yeah. you just feel they're going to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, I, I completely agree with with that as well. It's just I think it's time because even – it's not even to say, oh, I, I thought the same thing last year that, oh, freaking Argentina would win because it's a, it's a lining for Messi. I, did, I didn't feel that they, they could win at all la, uh, last World Cup 2018. I didn't think there was a chance. And now – I was like, rooting for it, but we all knew, you know. Yeah, but this one it actually like – it's not ironically that – they have a Argentina good are 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 really good team right now. Like they're the third betting favorites behind Brazil and France and at France, the moment. Yeah. You know, but you know, t- talking about potential favorites is a a big a big team across the pond. You know, where football was created, the founders of football. And I wanted to get your your ideas because obviously there's a England have a probably one of the loudest biggest fan bases in football. And uh, when they not, it, there's a bunch of you know ideas because they have they have a really really talented you know uh, entire team entire squad. 100%, 100%. And I wanted to get your um your ideas because you have them going out what the round of sixteen. Did I? I think I believe, uh, I believe you had them losing to the Netherlands. I oh yeah I did. And if England yeah, did, go yeah. out in the round of sixteen, all hell will break loose. Jesus Christ. Oh. The the amount of of uh, slander content that the 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 British uh, British YouTubers have oh my god it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy it would be crazy but well, I, I wanted to get your your uh, your thoughts on that yeah ultimately you know a lot of it you know their form after a lot of people would say you know after Euro 20, uh, 2020 happened and they lost in the final on penalties of all things you know they they should have had that ultimately. They were like, okay, well, we know that you know they can make it this far in an international tournament. They can do it. They have a good enough squad. We'll see where they are at by the World Cup. You know, they thought they were going to keep going on the up mm-hmm. instead of going on, continuing on the incline. If anything, they've gone on the they've decline since then. It's and it's not because they have a bad squad. It's just there's Garrett Southgate is not the guy. Not the guy. He's not a great manager. He should be sacked. I He's literally not, have it in bold right here that Gareth Southgate is not a good manager. <laughs> like, obviously, I understand you can't sack him after he finishes second in the Euros, and you can't sack him before the World Cup. But this guy is not a good manager, man. He's just being carried by the, the quality of players that they got. But if they had a proper, proper manager, they would be potentially the, the real favorites of this tournament because they have the squad to do so. Yeah. But... You know, their squad is good, but I still have issues with their squad selection as it is because Garrett Southgate, this is part of the reason why he's not a good manager. He has his favorites. Mm-hmm. He's not picking the best, best players based on form and just who's the best player. He's picking favorites. Let's just be honest. Their projected defense, Kieran Trippier, John Stones, Harry Maguire, and Luke Shaw. Jesus, that is, that that's is horrible. Not, that is like not good. a that is not a World Cup winning defense at all, and they have guys like Tomori who are doing great things for AC Milan who aren't even making the squad. Keep in mind that the rest of the defenders in this squad: Connor Cody, Eric Connor Dyer, Cody. Ben Eric White, Dyer. and then they're like obviously John Stones and Harry Maguire. Those guys do not give me faith as center backs. You know what I mean? Trent, he's not even the starting right back. Somehow yeah, he doesn't like Trent. 
somehow Kyle Walker has made a magical recovery and he's going to be playing at some point. And that will help sure up the defense somewhat, but that's not going to be enough for me. This defense is, is not good enough to win the World Cup. And their midfield and attack is amazing. It's great. And Jude Bellingham has gotten so, so much, you know, like like where he's going to be starting, you know, that he wasn't necessarily, you know, in that conversation in, in the world in the Euros. Now yeah. he's developed and we know how good he is. He's he's gonna be a potentially 150 million uh, euro guy in the transfer window. He's gonna every club, top club wants him. He's that guy in the midfield. Their midfield and attack is so, so, so good. But this defense and the, the managerial tactics are going to hold them back ultimately because he picks favorites. Saka yeah. is on amazing form, and they're saying he's not even going to be in the starting 11. Saka not in the starting 11. Look, I'm a Chelsea fan. Raheem Sterling, based on current form, should not be in the starting 11. But I guarantee it when England's first game comes around, Raheem Sterling is going to be in the starting 11. Yeah. He is not picking the best players based on form. He's just going with his favorites. And that's what's going to hold them back ultimately. And I, I think it's even bigger bigger than that. It's just his the, the philosophy of football of that he plays and he believes in. He plays in such a boring it's style. So boring. So just boring. a defensive sit behind the ball. Like in the in that Euro final, they had one shot on target. And, and that it was, was like and it, it was, that was the, in the first minute. The first of, minute. The first minute of the first goal. It's like for the rest of the game, extra time, no other shots. It's like it's unacceptable. This with, English, with the squad with, this good. With this English squad, you should be playing a high pressing, counter-attacking style football. You have Jude Bellingham who can who can run up and down the field. You have you know, uh Declan Rice, who's a hold down midfielder, locked down. He can he, can he plays so good for England. Ma- and he's so Mace, good. Mason Mount, who, who can who plays well for Link England. He caught a little bit of form. He could play, he could play that role. Then you have your attackers, Phil Foden, who can get up and down. He's young. You got Harry Kane, a poacher in there. You got you get, you know Marcus Rashford, who's who found a little bit of good form. He could come off your bench, you could start him, or you could put Saka. It's like this Raheem team, Sterling. Raheem Sterling, you have so much just like electrifying players that can, if you allow them to click and just not have to worry about sitting behind, sitting behind the ball and trying to, you know, play this weird defensive five in the back. It's like I don't understand why. And there, there's a lot of fans that are like, oh, South, Southgate got us to a final playing like this. You, you got, you didn't win. Did you watch the final? It was horrible. It they, was they, not. They, they should have had that game. They should have had you, that game. You should be beating this Italian squad that didn't even make the fucking World Cup. Like, you got to be beating the squad. And it, this Italian squad was not that good. Argentina destroyed them. It was, oh, <laughs> they destroyed them. It's like, dude, you got. They they have it sucks because it's like when is England gonna get it right? They're they're pissing away another golden generation the same way they had when they had Stevie G, they had Lampard, they had, had Beckham, they had Beckham, they had all these guys. But back then it was a little bit different because the rivalries between them is what really drove them apart. They could never really click with each other just because of how much they hated each other. Yeah, but this is just managerial issues. And, and and now, yeah, it's uh in this new era where, you know, everybody's more buddy-buddy. There's not really any, like, you know, hatred towards the players. But it's just Southgate with his philosophy of how he wants to play the game. That's just – it's, it's poor. It's boring. It's not going to – you're not winning anything playing five in the back. Doing, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't deserve to win anything because it's like that's anti-football. Gareth Southgate plays anti-football. And – 
to have all to be gifted so many, you know, like a Jude Bellingham, uh, you know, uh, a Phil Foden, these guys, it's just so it, it's just it's it's heartbreaking, dude. It's like fuck. it is. It really is because they they could really really go far in this tournament, but I just know that they're they they would lose to a Netherlands just because of how they play. It, it's just one of those things. They like on paper. They they could they could win the damn tournament, but it's just not going to happen because of the reasons that me and you have both stated. It's just one of the things. It's just sad because, you know, although I'm not an England fan by any stretch of the imagination, if anything, the USA, you know, they, they got kind of a beef to a certain extent. But went to war. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so moving forward onto our next thing, you know, moving away from England onto, you know, someone who we both have going pretty damn far in the tournament. I have them making the final. You have them making the semifinal. Portugal. Portugal. I wanted to ask your thoughts. You know, what do you think about this Portuguese side and their chances at the World Cup here? I think they, they for a lot of people, they're, they're not very under the radar team. Just so the fact that, um, you know, how, like, how they have such a strong core. Like, they have a strong core to go off of, especially like even starting in defense where they have Ruben Diaz and they have Cancelo. Like, those are very two influential players that have on defense. And when you go to the midfield, they have a very solid midfield in Bruno Fernandes and um, and uh, Bernardo Silva. And then when you go to attack, you got um, uh, freaking – you got obviously Cristiano Ronaldo and then uh, Leal. And Leal's been playing very, very good. Player of the month, uh, I, I believe, either last month yeah. or the month before for, in for Syria. Syria. yeah. And obviously, he's never played with this. He hasn't really got a chance to play with his Portugal squad, but hopefully, he can, you know, get in, get into, and get on the same page with everybody. Because this this squad, this Portuguese squad, is the best it's been since I can remember. I can remember the last time they. I mean, I can't remember since ever in the Cristiano Ronaldo era that we they've had a team where we could say they could make the final. Yeah, like, because. Like uh, Bernardo Silva is so under. He's one of the most. He's underrated so players. underrated, man. He's so so underrated. <laughs> it's because fact, it's, it's it's because Man City is so good. Are so good, and uh, you know Bruno's kind of fallen off, but I think he's he's definitely still Bruno. He's still Bruno. He's good to have, and uh, I forget the the name of their central defensive man. He always like, Carvalho. Uh, oh, I, I was thinking Carvalho. Carvalho. It de- you know, it, it depends on who they who they want to play there. I'm not sure who they would play there. Carvalho is the more veteran player. I think he's a a better uh, defensive guy because with with uh, if if they would play, I'm thinking they're playing a four through three. I have no idea what they what they want to play because I I would put Ronaldo as the poacher as the nine. Yeah, and uh, I think Ronaldo is is readying himself for a big tournament. Because this is this is the world stage and um, this is his last hurrah. This is his last hurrah of like a top level play because God knows what's gonna happen with his whole club situation and the fact that he just hasn't had a, a lot of chances to play and I think he's gonna do. There's no other situation ever that he'd want to show out more than for his country 100%. in his last World Cup and. I think he's going to get as far as the semifinal. I don't see him going all the way, you know, to the final like you do, but I think it's going to be a respectable, you know, cause no one, I can't see a lot of people um, saying before this hand of how far they would go, but they have a very, very good squad. Yeah. And I think they can go very, very far. 
Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I mean, their squad is it, like the depth on their squad is so good, and that's not even including. I keep saying his name. That's not even having Jota, who who is a yeah. great, great player. It's one of those things. This team, it, it it's so good on paper, but it's something you kind of have seen in the past. It comes down to Fernando. They don't mesh, yeah. They don't and, mesh. But Fernando well. Santos, as the manager, his squads and his teams have consistently underperformed. You've seen it time and time again. You know they were able to win the Euros in 2016, but pretty much besides that, they've just always underperformed as to how good we think they could be. And you know the attack is amazing. I had it literally written down here. Bernardo Silva performance will be key because he's such a great player for you know in my eyes, and I think he's bound to have a really really great World Cup. I expect a great World Cup from him. The defense is strong. It's well balanced. I just think. It's going to come down to how they all mesh together and if Ronaldo has the World Cup that I expect him to have. People are making it out to be like Ronaldo is a completely washed, finished player. This World Cup, I think he's really like, compared to his situation right now at Manchester United, which we're going to get into after this, Mm -hmm. it's just he doesn't have any belief with him there. You know, they want him out, you know, and stuff like that. This Portugal team, is they actually believe in him. They respect him and, and all of those things. He's going to be that guy, the number nine. He's not the player that he was, obviously, but he still can contribute. He can score the goals. He's the greatest goal scorer of this generation at the end of the day. Greatest so, goal scorer of all time. Of all time, yeah. So it's just like one of those things. If he has the World Cup I expect him to have, it won't particularly matter. Fernando Santos being a, a kind of a bad manager, in my opinion. You know, he's not the, the greatest option. It's similar, one, yeah. similar to England's issues with Garrett Southgate. If Portugal had a different manager than Fernando Santos, I think I'd be having a different conversation. I, and I, even with that, I still think they're going to the final. But I think if anyone, if anything's going to hold this team back, it's got to be that. Because on paper, the squad is just so, so good. Leao, you know, Bernardo Silva, you know, Ronaldo, even though he's not quite the same player, the, their defense is good. Even the, even the, the yeah. The only the only hole in their defense is obviously they have like a basically a sixty year old Pepe, but like exactly they, they have the left back from uh, PSG, uh, PSG yeah, Newmens, yeah, Newmens who is pretty solid, but Young good to player. have like they're, they're, they have he's a, good in the attack sol- as well, a solid left back and right back. They can attack from those left back around. Obviously, it's Cancelo. Cancelo, I think, is one of the best utility knife people you could have. Exactly, he, he can 100%. literally play anywhere. 100%. He can actually play fucking anywhere. And he's very good on defense and he's very good on attack. And Diaz is just that that stop that stopper. And I, oh, I yeah. think they're Ruben still, they're still, they're still running Rui Patricio on goal, I, I believe. I think it's still yeah. Rui Patricio. Yeah. Then he's he's a solid keeper. I mean he's he he's, always he's he always been, step he always steps up his performance in the big moments. He's he's always been there. He's a veteran and you know, and like I said, their midfield's good. The other thing is, uh, I I don't know quite what formation they would they're gonna play. I don't, I, I'm not sure what they're gonna. Yeah, like I said, it comes run. down to those. It comes down to those Fernando Santos tactics. You know, yeah. I, I I don't oh, know. God. It's just one of those things. It's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, the the sky is the limit for this team. You know, if if you tell me if if somebody from the future came here and told me Portugal won the World Cup, I wouldn't be surprised. However, yeah. in the in the same breath. If somebody from the future came here and told me Portugal, they got knocked out in the quarterfinals or the round of 16, I also couldn't be surprised. You know, it's like yeah. the sky is the limit, but also they could flop. It's just so in between. I think it's going to be the, the higher end of that scale and they're making the final. But also I could see them going out 
you know, you know, relatively kind of early, you know, compared to what I think, you know, it's just so up in the air with them. Yeah. Cause there's so many question marks, you know, it's just, we don't know exactly what we're getting, but my prediction of them going to the final is more, I think that those question marks are going to be answered, but in a positive way, but at the same time, they could be answered in a negative way. And Ronaldo has a bad world a cup bad and world cements cup, yeah. himself as him falling off and Leao doesn't quite, you know, do what we expect on the, on the big stage. It. You know, we see it's easy to do that when you're, you know, you're playing for AC Milan, but on the biggest stage playing with Cristiano Ronaldo and the pressure is Leao going to step up and, you know, be that guy. We don't yeah. know. It's just so many question marks. Yeah. But uh, I think this, this does get a little bit of speaking of Portugal makes it a good segue into the whole Cristiano Ronaldo situation that's happening right now. He dro- Him dropping the absolute, like, this is almost unprecedented. A player has, I think, never done this before. I've gone on, like, you know, a talk show like P- with Pierce Morgan and, you know, I've got, has done an interview where he's bashing the club that he's currently playing for, bashing the coach and bashing the owners. It's unheard of. I've never heard of it. But who else to possibly do it? And Cristiano Ronaldo. But 100%. what was – what was your initial uh, reaction to when this stuff was getting leaked out and we started to get like some of the idea and when we fully watched the first part of the interview? Yeah. So like when we first started to see the clips, you know, the, the first initial clip that came out, you know, talking about, you know, the, 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 the club, they, they didn't believe in them. They wanted them out. You know, there's, there's inner workings, you know, behind the scenes stuff in the club talking about, you know, we don't want Ronaldo. It's time to get him out and stuff like that. It, it's just crazy, man. I, I tend, to, you know, a lot of people are looking at it, you know, multiple ways, you know, saying that, you know, th- that the club is in the right. And I'm not saying that the club is necessarily in the wrong. In some things they are. But I, I tend to sympathize with Ronaldo on this because I still feel like he can contribute to a, to a, a, a good club. You know, like he was literally their leading goal scorer last year. You know, he was the he was second place in the Golden Boot. Uh, Manchester United wouldn't have finished the way that they finished without Ronaldo last season. He's not like he might not be the player that he was, but he can definitely still contribute. And it's just one of those things for Manchester United to be treating him in this way. I can't really respect that. I think there's a reason why Manchester United are where they're at as a club and where they're going to continue to go, which was on the decline. And it's for things like this. You can't treat. Not only your club is probably best ever player, all-time legend, whatever. Mm-hmm. You just can't treat anybody like this. But then when you're doing it to Cristiano Ronaldo, of all things, it's just unheard of. It's it's crazy. And then we you know we we just see that from the clip, and it's like, oh, my God. And then yeah. obviously the other things from the interview, such as him calling out you know the pundits that are getting on him, like Gary Neville and Wayne Rooney. You know, I thought that was quite funny. It's just one of the things. Ronaldo, you, I, I can understand why. You know, the criticisms, it hurts and it sucks, especially given what happened to his daughter or, or his son. His, uh, his, his daughter son. his daughter made it, but his son unfortunately didn't, uh, you know. Yeah. You know, prep, you know just, unfor- just how- such, such an unfortunate situation. But I, I can understand why he feels some type of way about the criticism. But it's just one of those things. I think in that case, you know, I don't quite necessarily agree with Ronaldo. I think, you know, it's just you should expect that at this point of his career. He's been... He's, he's played for the biggest club in the world, Real Madrid. He's played at the, the highest level for so, so long. He's got to know criticism is going to come. It's going to go. Sometimes he's going to be praised. Sometimes he's going to not. 
you know, it's just one of the things. There's there's a lot of things in this interview I can sympathize with Ronaldo, especially like um, the club, you know, not uh, believing that his uh, his daughter was gonna, being sick and stuff like that. Yeah. I can't even. I, that's more immorally wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like like. But he, he I can't respect the, that. The, the owners don't don't believe him. I, I I just can't even respect that. That's just you got, human to human. That's just wrong. And you know, but then there's some things like, uh, and I, and I wanted to. I'll, I hope you'll probably touch on this, but I want to definitely want to hear your thoughts on it because. You know, him, what he said about young players of today's generation, you know, we, that's something we didn't know he was going to say. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was something that was really leaked, but it, it was like there, I, cause he didn't like only go after, you know, the, the ownership and the coach. He's literally quite literally throwing the players of United under the bus. Yeah, he, he is. Yeah. He's bringing it all down. And this was another thing that I kind of, I played with that there was reports that, this is also affecting Bruno Fernandez because they play on the same t- like this drama is it's tough because how do you go from like that you know that to your nation to where like what's going on exactly like because Ronaldo's straight out calling them out saying I lead by example these people don't follow me that's why they don't they won't have long careers they don't care I don't know it, I think it's it's also it's kind of difficult to to understand quite how Ronaldo's trying to say it, he's coming off so bluntly because obviously English is not his first language. Uh-huh. So he comes off like so like uh, bluntly that they don't care and sh- and shit like that. I don't think he quite like literally means that, oh, they don't care about football at all. It's just that he thinks they're not as dedicated as he he as he is, which yeah. is probably fucking true. It's I mean, probably he's true. Christian- he's probably Ronaldo. True. And um, but – the, the 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 thing I circled the most of that thought that was when he said these young players need to suffer a little more. I'm like, what the fuck? Hey, but you, it you, is you. in a sense it is true because I I can guarantee you Phil Foden or like players like this magnitude have not suffered like Cristiano Ronaldo has. We're, we're, in the small say, parts say, of Portugal. I, I exactly I say this in the best way possible, but you know Ronaldo he was really poor. He had no money. He was he was broke. <laughs> You know, he was just he, he, like football was his way out. And, you know, obviously he turned that into, you know, a legendary career and, and arguably the greatest player of all time. My opinion, second greatest player of all time. That's neither here nor there. It's just oh my God. the players of today definitely, ha- you know, some of them have, you know, it's not everyone goes through hardship and some do. Like, I think it's, you know, crazy to say that there is not a single young player that has gone through <laughs> hardship through to get up to this point, hardship, but yeah. there's definitely a lot of players like a Phil Foden, no disrespect to him or whatever, but he didn't have it hard. Like Ronaldo, you know, he yeah. probably had a lot of stuff handed to him his whole, his whole life. And, you, you and go it's, through it's those like he, nice academies and shit like that. It's like Ronaldo didn't really get that. Yeah. And it's, I get where Ronaldo's coming from, but I think it's like, uh, you kind of, you, you start to come off as like that old man at the, you know, at the, the family barbecue, you know, the, the guy that, that hates the young, the young way and how, how things have changed. And I, and how he says like, these players won't have longevity. That's, that's a, that's, that's crazy a bold to statement to say that, you know, oh yeah, you guys don't follow me. You're just not going to have long, long careers. And I, I, obviously crazy. I can't, obviously I can't really agree with that. You know, Phil Foden is going to be around for a long time and it's players and like that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure he's not directly saying Phil. No, I, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he I, is. I can't, yeah, but yeah. Phil Foden is just the first one that I'm thinking about, you know, as well. He's a young that comes, talent. That my head. And he did give props to uh, what, what, what the center back Argentinian uh, was it? Lissandro Mar- Martinez. Martinez, there's so many Martinez's on that fucking team, Jesus. But um, 
yeah, that that was a player he, he did give props to, and, and he also know, gave props uh, to and, Diego and, and Dallo and Diego Dallo uh, on that team to say that he believes they will flourish into good players that, that they're young players that will flourish into good players, and that makes you think, what does he think of of Rashford or what does he think of uh, uh, Sancho? And you know, it's like this is basically he's talking about these guys that like they they don't they don't follow me. I lead by example. I'm not a huge talker. And you know that was that was only one thing, but then it's like it goes back to why did Cristiano Ronaldo do this? Is because he doesn't want to play for United no more. Exactly. It's clearly, he. Then I I would be absolutely like just I would fall on my head if I ever see him even like walk out in the tunnel of of Old Trafford ever again. It's over. Because, yeah. Because e- even uh. Eric Ten Hag has already come out and said he uh, he's told the owners that he never wants uh, Ronaldo to, uh, to play for the club again. I mean, that's just how it is. That Ronaldo does straight up said, "I don't respect you. Yeah, you I don't like you. Him. You can't." And there's no, there's no, like, there's, there just is no fixing that. That's irreparable. And the fact that you know Ronaldo hasn't handled himself the most, like the the greatest. You know, it's because we see him like walking off the pitch before full time. That's you don't really associate that with Cristiano Ronaldo to look 100%. unprofessional, but it's just the the situation he's been put in. You know, he's mad that he can't uh, that he's not being used. And you know, and I, I think it's stupid because you know Eric Ten Hag before is saying, "Oh yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo is a part of my plan." What fucking plan is that exactly? I I, I don't understand. What's plan your F. What's your plan? And and some people I've seen the defense all. Oh, when Eric Ten Hag was uh. You know, in the preseason, trying to build his team to see what what system he want. Well, Ronaldo saying his his daughter was sick. I mean, like, are we supposed to say Ronaldo, you're a fucking liar? It's like, I mean, yeah, you, you, you have to take him as at his word. Though that's why he wasn't at the preseason, not because he's. You know, it's hard to say because it could be like, oh, his daughter was sick, but it also plays in the fact that he did want to leave as well. Like, yeah. two things can be true. Like, exactly. other one doesn't have to be the like. Completely he was wrong. close to joining Man City. You know, he he confirmed yeah. that himself in the interview. And I think. What were you saying? No, you can go for it. I, no, I, I, I think that, that that's obviously another bombshell that was dropped. I, I just think it's interesting. You know, I think he's handled himself maybe not the most professionally considering what we what, what, what we think about you know Cristiano Ronaldo, but I think he's doing the right thing in the grand scheme of things. He shouldn't be at Manchester United because they're looking for two different things at this very moment. Ronaldo's at the end of his career trying to win the last trophies that he can. And Manchester United, they're in a rebuild, kind of trying to get back to where they were. And it's just, it's one of the reasons why at the time it didn't quite make sense. You know, he's going back because, you know, it's where he originally kind of started after Lisbon and things like that. But it just never quite made sense, like, the ambitions of the two, especially at this point in Ronaldo's career, just never quite aligned. And, you know, if you're not getting used, especially, and, and he feels like he's being disrespected by not only the club, uh, the, owners, the, the owners, the manager, everything, I understand why he's doing what he's doing. And, and honestly, I can agree with the, his sentiment. Now, some of the things that he's saying, you know, he's, he's just getting it all off his chest instead of just focusing on one thing. He's calling out Gary Neville. He's calling Gary out Wayne Neville. Rooney. He's pretty much getting everything off his chest. And ultimately, I'm not, you know, I, I prefer Messi to Ronaldo, but that's not the point that I'm trying to make. I can respect what Ronaldo's doing, why he's doing it. And I, and ultimately, I think he's making a, a good decision. And I can't really wait to, to see part two of the interview. 
Yeah. One thing, you know, he made a big point to to down on Ralph Rangnick saying, you know, who was this guy? Why <laughs> would you get a guy? why would you get a sport director? That one was crazy to me. That, that was crazy. That, that was crazy. He's just fully saying this is who is this guy? I, I can't believe you even like tried this guy. But I agree. I agree. I don't know if you agree. I I I mean to to an extent, yeah. I I can I can understand what Ronaldo is saying, and the the football was not good under Ragnick. There was no such thing as Ragnick ball. Like it's not very good. It wasn't good. But the other point that he ended up making with that is that you know he liked Ole, and he said Ole deserved more time. So do you agree with Cristiano Ronaldo? Do you think Ole should have got more time? No, <laughs> no. He's saying that because he likes Ole, and. When I was watching it, he 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 kind of didn't. He said that, but he he didn't really believe it. He really liked he just Ole, saying so it. he just kind of saying it. He doesn't want to directly say like, "Oh, Ali wasn't a good manager either," because he just wasn't. I mean, Ali at the wheel, he's driving you off the cliff. It's not, <laughs> it's not going good places. And um, you know, I think I I think there, to take on the job of United, his big point was that there's just been no development. From yeah. the club, it's everything's the same. Even the jacuzzi, the, the, kitchen, the, kitchen the jacuzzi, the, you know, all, all he's picking all this. It's it's the same as as an advanced technology hasn't really advanced much either, and uh, I think that's his big problem with the club that he hasn't seen many advancements and that it's getting left behind by Man City and by all these other teams because even Arsenal, he said, yeah, even Arsenal that uh, you know, ever since Sir Alex left, it's it's never been the same and it's crazy that it's it shocked him that it hasn't been any different. Yeah, 100%. And from what we saw, you know, first of all, this is my time right here. Piers Morgan, you have blood on your hands, man. If you're Piers watching Morgan. this, putting commercials on YouTube for oh this. My, is this, oh, this is disgraceful, bro. Three-minute commercials that you can't skip on YouTube? This is despicable. Absolutely not, despicable. I didn't think it was actually two parts anyway. I was like, wait, there's a part two? And, well, it's just like, it, this is these uh these companies. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to milk the shit out of it. They're milking it. They're milking the shit milk, out of it. He is milking this so, so much. And, and, and I understand why he's doing it, but it's just like, damn, bro. Like, damn. If you're gonna put commercials in it, at least make them fucking different, man. That's not bro, the same damn was, commercials, was, bro. Bro, I do not care about Asda supermarket having an egg <laughs> shortage, bro. How many times did I have to see it, bro? I do Twice. not care, bro. It's just like damn. But now that I've gotten that grievance out of the way, and it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look tomorrow when the part two drops. I'm gonna sit myself. I'm gonna sit myself through those commercials as well because what, you what, do. what else am I gonna do? But damn, it's gonna suck with the commercials. But I, but if that part's gonna suck. But this part two of the interview, I wish, I wish we could talk about it. You know, we'll talk about it on the next episode, yeah. I guess. I wish we could talk about it now, but we don't know what's gonna be said. But it looks like that's gonna be the most spicy part of the interview. Yeah. It's gonna be the most juicy stuff. It was already juicy, but from what I'm kind of hearing and what I think, part two is gonna be the real juice and he meat fully and potatoes. Like, like calls calls out the owners and shit and, and i that, can't wait that's to where see the, it. the the leak comes out where he, he fully just says i don't respect he doesn't respect me so i don't respect you and that's that and, and the full context behind that yeah. and everything i can't wait to see all of that so that's why i can't i i just can't wait until tomorrow's part two of the interview to drop and i know for a fact it's gonna be some crazy stuff said and next week we will be talking about it even if it is kind of it's not necessarily old news by then but 
it it would be like what a five days old but it's ronaldo so it's ronaldo it's gonna but people are gonna be talking about this for months a long time this yeah. is this is this is gonna be around for a long time because of what you said at the beginning when we first started talking about it this is unprecedented unprecedented nobody has ever done anything like this and it's just it's fun to watch i mean it's interesting <laughs> i mean I'll say i that. can't you can't look away i mean how could you yeah but <sighs> is, is is so that's is that everything I, th- I think that was the last thing we, we had on the list there for for current events at this moment. Yeah. So you know? with all that being said, you know, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. I think uh, we just want to, you know, for anyone who's made it to this point, you know, it's a pretty long episode. <laughs> I, for the one person that that's uh, watching this far out. We, we appreciate uh, the support. You know, it's probably my mom, you know, hi mom. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, we appreciate all the support we've been getting, man. We're going to continue to run it up. Obviously, uh, it's just as simple as that. You know, we're continuing to grow. We're continuing to grind. And we got, you know, obviously we continuously new content coming out. We're eagerly waiting on new things to happen so that we can talk about them. But also, you know, the NFL is going to continue to heat up like always. But now for the next month, we have the greatest tournament the greatest in tournament. the history of sports, I would say. The World Cup, so we're going to be heavily talking about it. I can't wait to talk about the first matches and our thoughts on what we've been seeing. That's definitely going to be next episode, and probably you know a lot of other things. There's probably some stuff we don't even know yet, so we'll just go ahead and uh, wrap this one up with anything you want to say. Not, they're just doubling on that, you know. And any anything you guys want to comment and uh for engagement we want to we want to know what you guys think of these topics we want your opinions on i think everybody has different opinions that's what makes the beauty of talking and podcasting this whole idea of fun that we like connecting with everybody even if 100%. it's you know you di- you disagree with us because there's a lot of people that's going to disagree oh yeah which is 100 oh, yeah. fine but i just want to i i like seeing it and i like the the just the back and forth of it 100 percent. so yeah Ready to officially wrap this one up? Yeah, three hours in 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 the can. I think we're think we're gonna wrap it up. <laughs> the longest ever episode. Three fucking hours. So uh, yeah, this was episode twenty eight of the Shooter Straight podcast. We appreciate all the support. We can continue to run it up. Episode twenty nine coming soon. Obviously, I'm your co-host Zach. I'm G. And we'll see y'all next time, man. Peace. <laughs>